short. Little yellow bus pulling up in front. Meep, 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 meep. Old school like the landline. This man's rhyme's kinda sorta like a landmine. I'm stone cold and if I throw it, I'm a landmine. And y'all just need to put a sock in it like mankind. I can't lie. Most of these stands, I am not a fan and I ain't playing. I'm applying signs like the Iron Man. Defying it, I'm crying the alliance that you lying in. We end up in the lion's den or maybe in a front. Well, let's just jump into the show. Let's do it. All right. Well, well before we jump in. Oh, hey. yes, yes, yes. Man, we're only a day off and I'm my sorry, y'all. Yeah, we're getting, but we're still getting back into the flow. But if you want to help us to where this becomes a full time job for us, we do a value for value system here, which means our YouTube channel, our podcast, our social medias, everything is advertisement free. So value for value is a listener based model where you get to determine the value of our content. So our long form videos, our our shorts. Uh, if you feel you think if you feel you're getting content, oh my world. I cannot talk. If you feel you're getting value from my content, <laughs> please consider becoming a supporter by donating your time, talent, and treasure. It's basically us being a listener-based support system means you can give your time which and talent, which means any effort that you put into improving and developing our content and the skills along with that that you possess. So it could be artwork for podcast episodes or you know branding and artwork for YouTube. It can be editing whatever talent that you want to give to us not only just those that i just listed and then treasure meaning you can pay off a one-off amount or a recurring contribution uh we have a paypal link donation and our direct.me link we also have our bitcoin wallet address we have our social media um, links there as well that you can find and don't forget that if you are a donor of a hundred dollars or less you be automatically become a producer of the corresponding episode. If you donate $100 and above, you will automatically become an associate executive producer. $200 and above, you automatically become an executive producer. And these are credits that you can put on your resume that we will vouch for. Uh, just uh, We're just going to use the honor system here. If you do a lump sum, obviously we'll see that. Um, or if you do recurring payments over months and you eventually cross the threshold, just let us know and we will put you down for the producer or associate executive producer or executive producer of that episode. Don't forget, if you donate through PayPal, you can include a note. If you so choose, and we'll read it live on the air. And that's our value for value system. No, but really what the goal is is that it's just a good return on investment for us, and we don't have to, like we talked last week about, we don't really have to be beholden to any advertisers and you know our speech being limited any more than you know it is on YouTube. Uh, and even then, it's like... <laughs> since we're not monetized, we have more yeah. leeway than others. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Unless they like just start, for some reason, start coming after inter- entertainment-y type stuff and like saying that it's it's misinformation or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like if, if you're like, oh, we think that James Gunn actually doesn't like Henry Cavill or that they're doing this on purpose even like and then it's like oh that's not real strike that would be mm-hmm. crazy I don't know I don't know if YouTube could survive when it really gets to a point like that so yeah all right well Joseph you actually picked out these stories this week so I'm gonna let you lead on this so that I can save my uh my vocals for when we talk about Black Adam <laughs> nice well they'll be pretty fast I just thought this one was interesting that 
uh, a lot of the, at least these three directors from season two, I checked them all. All of them are from season one of the Rings of Power, uh, and they're going to be the only directors for season two, which, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but directors for TV shows typically don't have as much input as they would for movies, correct? For generally speaking, like on a general like rule of thumb. I mean, things don't really work the way that they used to. Yeah. So if we're talking Marvel, then it's pretty much there. And it, it honestly, it, I will I'll give a safe answer and say it depends on the production. Okay. Because Quentin Tarantino, no one's going to tell him no. Yeah. For the most part, I mean, he he would have to do something pretty wild for them to tell him no. Uh, but typically, you know, if he wanted to make a six-hour movie. And release it like on Christmas Day in the theaters, yeah. like that. It, it, that's probably what would happen. Um, yeah, yeah. I, so it just seems like Amazon's doubling down on the, you know, season one, and you know, in this article, if I remember correctly, I'm going to skim through it right here. Uh, you know, it says the upcoming season of Amazon's Rings of Power, which is currently in production surprisingly, um, has all three directors from season one, right? Yeah, yeah. Will be directed by Charlotte Bronstrom, who was coming back after helming two episodes in season one. Sana Hamri, I'm sure I'm pronouncing their names wrong, and Louise Hooper, who are new to the franchise. I could have sworn Sana Hamri or one of them directed an episode in season one. Um, I thought both of them did, but... Whatever. The announcement also indirectly confirmed that season two will consist of the same number of episodes as season one, eight. In season one, uh, Bronstrom was the only female director, and in season two, she is leading an all-female directing team. So, oh, she. So Charlotte, maybe you said this, and I wasn't. I didn't hear you, but she mm-hmm. directed two episodes of The Witcher. Yep. Uh, two episodes of Jupiter's Legacy, which was. Interesting. I won't. Good might not be the right word for it. Yeah. Oh, she directed an episode of Arrow. Outlander. I think the other. I think the other two. I think both of them also directed for The Witcher and. Well, and I think they directed for what's that other one on Amazon, The Wheel of Time. Oh yeah. Oh, speaking of Wheel of Time. Uh, I start, so because of my new job, one of the things that I do all the time is, uh, drive because mm-hmm. I have to go to different areas. Um, and so I'm going through audible books and I just started the wheel of time. The first one. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I'm going to, there's like 13 of them. Uh, so I, that's probably what I'm going to be doing for the next four or five months is just listening to audible books. Uh, and I'm going to go th- try to go through like all of the Wheel of Time. And uh, we had talked about it a little bit, you know, back when that was a thing and before Rings of Power had started. Um, I'm 15-ish chapters in, somewhere in there. Uh, they cover that, actually, maybe a little less than that in the first three episodes. Um, mm. Also... 
it's like not the same thing. I know people have said this already, but this is, I, I wouldn't say it's a new revelation for me because I tried listening to the audiobook a couple years ago and just kind of got put into a, uh, a, a daze because of it. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, it's very, very different and it's, it's weird how different it is. Um, they just like, I mean, you know how they, they've basically just completely made stuff up as far as what is known about the second age with Lord of the Rings. Yeah. So imagine if they had done that, but they did it with fellowship. Oh, that's that's what they did with uh, Wheel of Time. That's what I've heard. It's, I've heard Wheel of Time was just a catastrophe. Yeah, I'm. I now I'd have to go back, but I'm pretty sure they just cut out some pretty like vital characters. They added weird storylines in with characters, like things that just didn't happen. Mm-hmm. They decided like, well, oh, this is going to be a thing. Um, it's very very weird um and i'm sure there's some people out there that know more than i do about it but their reasoning as to why they did a lot of that stuff i would be very curious as to what they were like no 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 it's better that we did it this way like we know better than the books that have sold very well you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so yeah one of the directors bronch from the main one she directed for rings of power and she's done the witcher whereas hamry I was looking it up. She directed for The Will of Time and then and then also like Empire on Fox and stuff like that, if you're into that kind of stuff. So, and Desperate Housewives, yeah, apparently. They're not, they're not fantasy like this is <laughs> this is the problem, is that a lot of the people are Nashville. coming into this space. Now, I mean you could you could have said the same thing about Peter Jackson, but we also understand what Peter Jackson did when but he took that on. This is a thing. Peter Jackson had already been working on it for, oh man, I right, want to say it was five years. It was a passion project for him, well, so it's yeah. slightly different. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, but that's not, I don't think you understood what I said. Okay. What I'm saying is is that Peter Jackson also came from a place where he wasn't directing fantasy. Yeah. But, right. and you are correct, because he took it on as a passion project, it made a difference. Now, when you bring someone in who's directed an episode of The Witcher, it seems like some of these directors have done stuff for the current Wheel of Time, so we know that's not a good sign either. And everything else that they've done seems to be soap opera, television-type shows. Mm -hmm. They're just television directors who also happen to be women. Yep. And so you're not... Yeah, you're probably right in saying that they're not going to have a lot of say other than... They're given the script, and they're directing them in the way that they need to go. Right. Um, it would be really interesting to go back and do like a deep dive into each person who directed season one, mm-hmm. because it might make a lot of sense as to why characters seem really stiff, why the acting seems like it's kind of subpar, and it's potentially if it's if it's anything like with some of these directors, it's because the shows that they come through are like that killer of the week, you know, like the monster of the week yep. type thing. And it's, it's not big fantasy. Not yeah. 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 So yeah. it's, cause yeah. you could still even, you, this is the thing you can still have those tropes and still have the monster of the week and things like that. But you, you, you need alongside that to prop that up 
good characterization and good writing. Mm -hmm. And when that's not happening, then it's like, well, you know, Monster of the Week isn't going to excite me. I mean, you know, with Hooper, the the last and final one, she directed the final, the finale of of the Sandman, and then she's done The Witcher. Uh, I didn't even watch the finale. She, yeah, I didn't either. <laughs> um, and all that jazz. So, yeah, it just seems like they're doubling down, and they announce, hey, all female directing lead, and it's like, guys, I don't care who. It's just I don't care the about same. the gender of the directors. It's just yeah. Like, is the show going to be good? Are you yeah. going to are you guys going to fix any of the the issues? Uh yeah, it and this, it just seems like yeah. with going down this path that they're doubling down uh-huh. on Absolutely. they're going to double down on their mistakes. Now, I hope I'm wrong. I don't think I will be though. No. Uh I imagine a lot of the writing still going to be done by JD Payne and Patrick McKay. <laughs> um good for them. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, Full Amazon for as long as you can, JD and Patrick. <laughs> uh, all right, you want to talk Get about bag, about James Gunn? Do I have? Yeah, so uh, it's both of these tweets, these sections. Yeah, of tweets, I mean, we don't have to read the Henry Cavill one, but uh, that thread. But Hen- James Gunn came out and said that Henry Cavill is out as Superman, and you can tell me your thoughts on it, and I'll briefly just give mine. What it seems like to me is that they use Henry to prop up. Henry was used, I should say, to plop to prop up Black Adam for money. Yeah. That hopefully the recognition with him coming back that would save the box office numbers because Black Adam was trending to lose money and still ended up losing money. Because uh, I want to say, um, yeah, I have it right here. Yeah. So they spent eight years working on Black Adam, if you can believe it or not. And yeah, 230 heard... million about went into making it. So yeah, if I mean, you I... double that, like, so anywhere between. 400 and 460 million dollars is what they needed to make to break even right yeah they've they've been tossing around the idea of a black adam movie for quite some time uh it always just kind of like came up and and it it, Mm -hmm. yeah and obviously we'll 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 get to that uh in the review but it uh hmm, doesn't seem like they spent eight years on it (laughs) yeah uh yeah it seems like Again, that Henry was just used the money to the sell Black Adam. That's it, and that they had no real intentions on bringing Henry back as Superman because I don't think could be wrong, but I don't think James Gunn and Saffron just decided within the past month we're going to do a younger version of a Superman that doesn't include. You know what I mean? Do you that, have Do you have any? Yeah. Do you have any interest in a younger Super? Like in this, I don't. They said that it's I, not I going either. to be an origin story. And they said, like, it, it's to me, it doesn't make sense. You know, again, it's well, not, not only that, it's not saying that I won't go see, you know, maybe James Gunn and Saffron's vision ends up being good. Yeah. You know, I yeah. don't know. But it just seems like, uh, man, like the, with the popularity of Henry Cavill, that do you not like money? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it seems like an easy solution. Like, people want to see at this point, we want to see. Henry Cavill, where, or I'm sorry, Superman, where he's fully formed, and it seemed like you had the perfect actor to play that, that everyone agreed on, like, hey, maybe we thought the Man of Steel was great, maybe we thought it was meh, bad, whatever you want to say, but everyone agreed on the characterization of Henry Cavill as Superman, that he embodied that character well. So in my mind, it's like, it would be, I don't know, uh, not having Viggo Mortensen playing Aragorn. You know what I mean? If yeah. And the two towers doing a different 
you know, actor. So I mean, I don't know. I guess I really want to know. But it's not like I'm not gonna. I'm didn't he, personally not gonna throw a fit about it either. A number of exciting possibilities to work together in the future. Okay, so here's the only way that, I, for the most part, I'll be okay with this because mm-hmm. I know people like him as Superman, and I think people really like Henry Cavill. They visually they like the way that he looks as Superman. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, he's just never been given the material to truly shine in that role. Yep. Um, you know, one of these days, maybe we'll do a breakdown of Man of Steel. Uh, it's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking when I was watching. He's not very Superman. Superman yeah. in Man of Steel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I. I would be okay, uh, and uh, this is just kind of how I feel about superhero mm-hmm. stuff in general right now. I'm okay with him going and doing other projects. Go yeah. do some interesting things outside of that realm. Yeah. Um, I wish that because it's kind of falling off, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I, I wish that we were in a world where we were getting uh, a proper Witcher series mm-hmm. with him. Um, I, I, I legitimately that he. He's, I, I hate to say perfect. He's very, very good in that role. Yeah. Uh, even with the lack of direction and writing and so on and so forth. Um, I, I think there's just, it's like the mannerisms, like he really does understand that character. Uh, and he is believable in that role, which is something that yep. seems to be lacking nowadays. Um, and I don't know. I don't know if like we were in a different timeline where we weren't going through this nightmare scenario where nothing seems to really be all that good. And I'm like clinging to these indie films for like any character arc slash development slash writing, yep. you know, you know, pick your poison with that. Now is the time for indie. Definitely. Cause the blockbusters just are not hitting. Yeah. It. Well, I still need to watch, uh, Maverick, Top Gun Maverick. I know a lot of people liked that, and it did really well. Uh, doesn't look like Avatar is gonna break even. No, it does not. Because didn't uh, James Cameron say it needed to make two billion two to break billion. even? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> what studio thought that uh, was two a good billion idea? Right, to break even? Yeah, because I think it was co- cost was a billion. So essentially, you'd have to double that. Now, even if for whatever reason, when you get to that number like a billion dollars for a movie mm-hmm. that doubling it isn't exactly correct as far as the the marketing budget. Right. That's still you got to make a lot of money back and there's and they're seemingly saying that's roughly what he's got to make and it did pretty well. I think worldwide it raked in 400 million, which mm-hmm. for, you know, for an average movie for an opening weekend that that's that, not bad. that wouldn't be too bad. For a movie that has to make 2 billion dollars back and notoriously movies tend to have a drop off now christmas is coming up there are a lot of people that you know they may play their cards right he may break even but breaking even it it probably isn't even enough you know yeah so you really want to break even on something like that though wouldn't you want to make money yeah it it should have been something that yeah they they probably wanted it to be a wild success especially because it's coming it came out the week before i think it's just too late it's like black widow it's you know Avatar is 10 years too late because didn't the last yeah. one come out a decade ago? And for me, it's I just don't really 
care about it as in when I Over first saw decade. it, I wasn't 12, the, 12 or 13 years, I think, because it was 2009. Yeah, when I when it first came out, I wasn't over the moon about it. But if it would have came out, you know, three or four or five years later, I probably would have gone to see it, you know, just to see it. And but yeah, that's that was a bad column there. And um, I was like, is Warner Brothers behind this? Because, you know, yeah. they just uh, made terrible decisions. But Henry Cavill, you know, being out of Superman, uh, I think is just a. A bad idea, but good for Henry that he doesn't have to deal with DC anymore. And I think, to, you know, we'll we'll talk about the other announcement after this. But well, what what which announcement? The 40k one? Yeah, the 40k one. Oh, if okay. you want to, we're gonna talk about it now. Well, yeah, let, I mean, we can just bring it up and then we'll yeah. get into our our yeah. It, it flows with the conversation. So yeah, he got well. So we'll see. I mean, it's Amazon, right? That's who yeah. it's supposed to be through. Um, but Amazon is weird. Like they have some they are good, weird. Mm-hmm. They have some great TV shows. Yeah. And then with well, the Rings of Power and Will of Time, they have some really bad TV shows. But they're two different genres, right? Well, because the the one I think of the great TV shows, like uh, wasn't Reacher great? Okay, so Reacher's been been great. People generally like Jack Ryan. I mm-hmm. love the Grand Tour. Um, What's the other one we reviewed with uh, Chris Pratt in it? <laughs> Terminal list. Right? Okay. Yeah. yeah, I was like, was oh good. no. Um yeah, and so he's gonna he's gonna possibly I, I don't know how far along or if they're just in talks about mm-hmm. the 40k stuff. Now, I would find that interesting because all of the 40k stuff has always been sort of backdressing to all of the like nerd culture type stuff that yeah. I've ever been involved with like it just wasn't ever a forefront thing for me it was like this thing and people love it and I'm happy that they love it but I just I I know very very little about it except for the occasional like video game that pops up here and there uh, and, and I probably know less than you. figurines yeah <laughs> there there's I think I guess it's ta- they have like a tabletop game uh the troll room is uh Please going to have to help us out on yeah, that. You yeah, can, you can fill us in. I think we know um, the same amount because that's what I thought it was, was a tabletop game and a video game. Yeah, and, and I think there's like two, there's either like two timelines or like two, there's like early years, like pre-advanced technology, and then there's like mm-hmm. space marines and advanced technology, I think. Um yeah, yeah, very niche. Um, but I'm okay with it. If they want to listen, I the setting seems cool. If you can write something and give us a good product, I that's great. I yep. will love that for what it is. And maybe Amazon can make and actually make well, a good fantasy show. Well, yeah, it's sort of like uh with Arcane. I'm mm-hmm. not a League of Legends player. I don't really care about that side of it but i do really like arcane and i do really hope that arcane continues to stay good mm-hmm. so it, it's kind of that like if they can give me oh, that man. but the warhammer 40k stuff arcane like was so good. that's it is warhammer right like i'm not i'm not wrong about that i'm not <laughs> yes <laughs> it is okay <laughs> 
Oh man, I'm outside my wheelhouse with this one. No, it's Warheimer. <laughs> Warheimer, <sorry>. yeah. <laughs> just do just that to annoy people. Right. Yeah. It's Warhammer. No, I know. It's like you just be like, oh yeah, that new Wa- uh, Warheimer uh, show with <laughs> that Henry Cavill's thinking about uh, being involved with. So yeah, but I, I think listen, Cavill's it, an executive producer on it too. So okay. I think that carries something with it. Maybe somebody uh, just finally is listening and they know how dedicated I, he is and I think he's Amazon got some was ideas. Like, the rings of power destroyed us. We need a <laughs> we need someone and uh, someone who's dedicated, who knows what they're doing and Henry Cavill's really popular. Let's sign him to kind of balance out all, everything we lost from the rings of power. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really if uh Lindsay Weber stays out uh of the project because I don't, you know, Lindsay Weber I uh, know Jennifer Salk. That's what I'm thinking of. Well, both of them, yeah. Jennifer Salk and Lindsay Weber. As long as they stay out of it and the bad robot robot as a whole, it probably will be at least fine. Yeah. So I'm interested because of how dedicated well, uh, Henry Cavill is to the craft and to the fan base and to the lore, the source material, the lore, and I, I really, even though we know the reasons why and we talked about it ad, ad nauseum, it still makes you wonder why don't people stick to the source material. Um, and when it comes to the fundamental aspects of it, yeah, I, I'm telling you, man, it's just got to be pride, or it's just yep. they—it's—it's th- it's a named thing that people who mm-hmm. are writing it want to write their own story, so they take a bare bones interpretation of the source material, and then they write what they want to around that. Well, it's easier for me to be like, "Hey, Amazon, I'm going to pitch Tolkien. I'm going to use everything he created, but I'm going to make my own thing." Yeah. That's easier to pitch than being like, hey, I'm coming up with, a, you know, a brand new world with new characters, aliens, all the you know different races and species and everything like that. And create, you know, pitch an, an original IP that doesn't have a built in fan base where you can't get money from where there's not like a safe investment there, which, you know, most of these places are operating out of safe investments. Whereas when you looked at New Line Cinema at the time when it comes to Lord of the Rings, they took a massive risk with uh, Lord of the Rings and Peter, yeah. Peter Jackson. Look how that turned out for him, you know? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, are you ready to talk about Black Adam? Almost. I just wanted to bring up that James Gunn and uh, lighted the backlash to Henry Cavill being out. He did the smart thing, and which I don't, before I say this, well, he did the smart thing and decided to blame the fans. I don't have a problem with James Gunn. Do I think he's the worst director? No. Do I think he's the best director ever? No. I like Guardians of the Galaxy. Really, really, really like Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Volume one, I thought volume two was meh. Um, you know, you, you know, I don't think he's a bad director. I don't think he's a bad writer. Uh, I think you know, he is. He is above. I, I, so his character above writing. Average. Did you see? Did you see uh, the Suicide Squad? Yep. His character, his character writing really in that good. is is very good. The rest of the movie's fine. <laughs> it's yeah. it's the Suicide Squad. Um, like I will watch his movies. You know what I mean? Y- yeah. And expect and, and with a with a I think this is going to be a positive, not I, a negative. I just like I never finished uh, Peacemaker. That it just wasn't my thing. Uh, I know a lot of people liked it, but I I think I watched the first three episodes and was just kind of mm-hmm. like, all right. Mm. You know, and it just kind of never got back to it. Um, I don't even know if that's going to get a sequel. It probably uh, shouldn't. Or like another season. I, think I didn't it even did. watch it because I could yeah, care but less. I, I think it did pretty well. 
Um, the world. So oh. I just yeah, peacemaker of all the characters. Now, if they had been like, we're gonna do a one-off series on King mm-hmm. Shark or something like that, or Rat Catcher, like Rat Catcher and King Shark <laughs> in a show together, that would I, be fun. I would have been into that. I think. Um, Take these obscure but fun characters. That would be cool. Yeah, and that's that's it. Just works for for that. Um, but so well, yeah, this typically is... I'm 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 into his his work, especially some of his early stuff. Um, I, I think James Gunn, like his statement, what bothered me is he came out as regular old Hollywood sounding. Well, uh, that's what happens, man. You know? And he said one of the things Peter and I were aware of when we took the job as heads of DC Studios was a certain minority of people online that could be, well, uproarious and unkind, yeah, to say the least. Our choices for DCU are based upon what we believe is best for the story and best for DC characters who have been around for nearly 85 years. And... For the past decade or longer, DC has crapped on them. Uh, perhaps these choices are great, <laughs> perhaps not, but they are made with sincere hearts and integrity, and always with the story in mind. Uh, no one loves being harassed or called <laughs> names, but to be frank, yeah, of course, that's most of that comes from their end. <laughs> yeah. Like what? <laughs> We've been through. It's hilarious. <laughs> what makes that funny? is uh he just did the same thing like a few days ago to this dude on uh i remember uh, yeah i remember on twitter i mean the guy anyway. ba- i mean to be fair the guy was basically calling him a liar yeah I mean, he, I mean i don't know if he straight up said it but he was heavily implying that yeah um and i don't know if some of those people are used to like it, okay it is a bit of a clout chasing game let's just be honest about mm-hmm that um i think that the whole th- you remember the whole thing that happened to geeks and gamers with the Zack snyder thing a couple was that like a year yeah. ago or whatever now yep. i'm not saying that's what that was but that was very beneficial for them mm-hmm. just as a thing i think they had all of the like the intent the intention of like having a real conversation with Zack snyder and he just like <laughs> dude we would have called that out so oh, fast. it was yeah it was a it was a crazy situation but i think ultimately that happening to them boosted them to another level so what you see what you end up seeing with a lot of other people is that they're looking for that moment and some people are way more moment or that like yeah some people are way more intentional about it me yeah Mm -hmm. yeah they want someone to come after them in order for that to basically resonate through twitter or whatever the case may be um and sometimes that works like but it depends i don't think james gunn harassed the person obviously but called names and everything you know, I mean, which was, again, as you just said, the guy was kind of, I didn't feel sorry for the guy. You not, know what I mean? Not, not really. Um, yeah. I mean, maybe there's more context to it, but it, it listen, Twitter beefs, they always kind of come was, off James Gunn was basically saying, because the guy, the guy was basically saying, our sources tell us that, you know, uh, Henry, you know, that James Gunn hates all the actors in Warner Brothers. This is what James, and then James Gunn was like, my sources tell me that you still live in your mom's basement, you know, just using <laughs> random sources like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, so it, yeah, it's Twitter. It's, it's kind of funny. It's a good, some good back and forth. You got to be able to take it, but. And um, I would just replied, hey, that's as good as, uh, I would have made some kind of joke tying that into Guardians of the Galaxy Volume uh-huh, 2 uh-huh. and some of his uh, writing, but. You know, yeah, that guy. No, I mean, chose listen, the, Guardians. The Guardians Two is fine. I just don't think it's everybody's cup of tea. I really don't have 
many issues with that movie. Yeah. Uh, it, it just, I've, I've seen it a couple times and I, I, the last time I watched it, I was like, okay, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to try to be as objective as possible and see if I come away liking this movie more than I did the last time mm-hmm. I watched it. And my feelings on it are about the same, but I do completely understand why people like Guardians 2. Um, there's things I like in it. Uh, I, there's just stuff, choices that they decided to make that on a personal level, I'm like, I don't like that. That That's mm. really all that it is. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's good to be able to voice that because that's, again, that's the difference between sort of my personal taste and the way that I, I was kind of hoping it was going to go. Versus what the 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 movie actually is, yeah, you know, um, yeah, because I can't fault James it too Gunn much does on that. It, you know, I know there's a huge controversy with his tweets from forever ago. I think it, you know, from what I gathered, it just seemed like very poor humor. Yeah, he was very edgy, like very yes. like his er, his early stuff. Uh, it's like very 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 edgy. Um, yeah. and so which again does it make it okay? still wrong but you know what jokes are wrong well i think <laughs> the jokes he were making were wrong <laughs> i didn't say jokes you are wrong Those are two careful. different things but there are some jokes that i think <laughs> in my opinion in my view are wrong i'm not saying he can't say them i'm not trying to cancel somebody over them. i'm just saying yeah <laughs> probably didn't come from the right heart joseph no i think some jokes are wrong david uh, wholeheartedly some jokes are wrong evil 100 percent. i will go down to my grade now that's not me saying that someone should be canceled lose their job shouldn't have friends all that stuff those are two cons- completely separate different things but i do think some jokes can come from a again i'm not sitting here saying that his jokes came from a some jokes can come from an evil place within the heart is what i'm saying now again that requires a nuanced conversation on what that evil is I'm not sitting here saying that with his jokes that he was meaning them specifically. I think they had to do with, uh, I can't remember off the top of my head, so I don't want to put any. Oh, it was, it was, they, they were like, uh, pedo jokes. Yeah. So does that, do I think that that makes him a pedo? No, I don't. But I think that does come from a place that can, I should say, come from a place of, well, it does come from a place of evil within his heart, but can come from a place of evil within his heart too. But that's a conversation for another time. Uh, I can get into all that later. But yeah, do I think that just because you make a joke and it's a joke, that makes it okay? No, but do I think that cancel culture is okay? No. That's where I stand personally on this issue. And I make a lot of bad jokes. (laughs) But anyway, what do you have to say? Uh, We're going to talk about Black Adam, right? (laughs) Why did you just jump into that? You asked me. Let's continue this conversation. What do you think? I mean, I don't. Do you agree with me? Well, I don't know because I don't know because like you're specifically saying it comes from like an evil place, but I don't know. I have no idea what his intent behind that was. Yes. Sometimes people try to to make jokes. They're trying to be Mm -hmm. edgy. They're trying to Mm -hmm. like do that kind of thing. Because like if you if you say that, that's what I mean. Every time that a comedian is trying to do something like that then then you do you hold that like across the board with every single one of them is like that their intent again that just attempt matters as we've talked about before 
uh, in the past. And, uh, and that's exactly what I was meaning when I said that it can come from an evil place. Now, do I think, you know, it, when I said it does come from an evil place, what I mean is fool- foolishness is evil, right? But it can come from an evil place, meaning to a different degree of uh, from a very impure and dark place without getting into the it, details. So well, it can't like you're I, I don't disagree. The <laughs> Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I'm also surprised I'm not surprised that a lot of people didn't want to take on the role at DC that yeah that gun took um they must be paying him pretty well that's all that's all i'm saying no i mean i don't i don't know i don't know what his intent behind that was like i'm not willing to make some sort of specific assumption yeah make some sort of assumption based on some like twitter's not great for that kind of stuff anyway Mm -hmm. unless you are specifically to do that joe rogan or dave chappelle and different jokes that are made. Do I think, you know, some jokes are fine? Yes. But I think, do I think some jokes can be uh, too obscene or cruel? Um, do I think they, you know, again, come from an impure place? And by impure, that's what I mean is evil. Yes, absolutely. I do think that. Again, th- does that mean that thing they shouldn't be able to say and that, you know, I should stop other people from seeing it? I don't particularly hold that view. But that doesn't mean I also can agree with it. Just like there, are pl- when I've made jokes, there are many people who've, having to agree with that as well. So yeah, I think like, again, the assumption behind that, I'm not sitting here saying that if somebody makes a joke like Augustus Tiberius has made, that means, you know, Oh, he, you know, that person, it could just be a, a dumb joke. Someone made, right. right. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, I don't know the uh, attentions behind is what I'm getting at, but yeah, I don't think that all jokes just because they're jokes, uh, that, that makes them uh, safe from criticism. Yeah, I don't. And antenna and, and as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Criticism, yeah, criticism is totally fine. All right, Black Adam. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, yeah, I agree. Um, all right, so, hang on, I gotta pull up the the thing. No, you're good. That's more of I've, I kind of miss. The social episode of our podcast. Yeah. You know? Just had a little bit of one there. But now we're going to get into Black Adam, which will actually provide some social commentary for us. Uh, okay. So, uh, before we get into it, mm-hmm. uh, give me like just some initial thoughts slash reactions. Well, I knew you were going to ask me that. So, first off, mundane film. Very mundane for me. The yeah. plot moved too fast. Um, the main character was overpowered. I never, you know, <laughs> he was at no risk of harm ever to where you really, there wasn't any tension. And uh, he had really no motivation. Uh, and it really seemed like a Dwayne Johnson movie. And even though I like Dwayne Johnson, uh, Man, a lot of his movies are, you see them and then you forget and you don't go back. They're not rewatchable. You know what I mean? Except for The Mummy. <laughs> that has less to do with him, though. Uh, well, he was only in the second one, but yeah. Yeah. So it would. That's what I mean, the second, <laughs> the second one. Uh, yeah. I, okay, so. What do you think? 
Well, we were talking when you you had brought it up a little bit before. I was I was thinking about is is his like because there was a time I think at least this was the no, like the, mm-hmm. the general consensus that he was one of the last people who like the movie stars who people could sell could sell a movie on. Mm-hmm. So Tom Cruise, he's kind of like the old school Hollywood star. Well. That's what I thought. Now I'm kind of wondering if that's true. Mm. And I I don't know if like he just had a a specific time period back when like the original Jumanji came out, like that time frame. Uh if he was just popular enough during that period that people believed that. But typically, for that to be true, it has to be over a long period of time. Mm-hmm. Right. So you you have um, uh, Tom Cruise is the only one really that I can think of at this point. Where, John Cena. <laughs> uh, typically, uh, he can sell movies. Like his stuff is is pretty successful. Brad and Pitt. No matter what he's in. See, I don't even think Brad yeah. Pitt is anymore. No, like, not, I don't, well, yeah, I don't not think anymore, that's what I'm saying is day. that, yeah, well, that's the thing is that Tom, like Tom Cruise is really the only one still around. Like, I think yeah. a lot, I mean, I, I guess people go see Mission Impossible movies to go see Mission Impossible movies, but it seems like Tom Cruise is the thing that tends to sell. And he's had a pretty prolific career with a few bumps in the road. We were also in a different era, to be fair, in the sense that we're really in the superhero era, era where... You know, it's not so much about, you know, Chris Evans as it is that's famous. It's Captain America. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And because even Robert Downey Jr., like he he gets out of he does other movies. Uh, and I would say Tropic Thunder kind of aside. Um, he does other movies and they don't do very well. Yeah. But people love him as Iron Man. So like mm-hmm. it, it's a weird it's a weird place to be in because. I think you're right too, though, and I don't even know if if the the characters themselves really are holding up all that well because mm-hmm. the longer we've Not gone now. on, yeah, the longer we've gone. I think Phase Four is sort of proving your point and also showing how it's changed. That you know, Spider Man comes out, makes two billion dollars. Mm-hmm. All the other Phase Four stuff comes out, and some of it makes money, some of it kind of breaks even. Um, maybe some of it has lost money. I can't I can't quite remember. Um, but yeah, here we are at Black Adam. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I'm going to try to elaborate on this, something I'm, I'm trying to get better at. Uh, I, I found this movie to be kind of boring. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, um, you said you thought it would be kind of boring. No, I, I find it to be boring. Okay. Uh, I, I think a lot of it is that it's, well, a lot of the acting isn't very good, so there aren't that mm-hmm. many characters in this that I found very intriguing. So I think mm-hmm. that adds to it. Um, I borderline. I, I I'm not a hundred percent sure because I I don't know where uh, Dwayne was during the the production of this movie as mm-hmm. far as like mentally. I got the feeling he was phoning it in a little bit. <laughs> I got the same feeling, actually. I and I don't know, like, 
it, you know, the is energy. it the characterization of Black Adam? <laughs> yeah. I, there's a lot to get into because I don't think that I think they messed up making him trying to make him an antihero. I think they should have just gone full as like full villain. Yeah, maybe you can make him because that's what he likable, is, but a villain. Yeah, you know, I because I. Cause I I get what they were trying. And even trying. then, because they try to do the anti-hero route and it doesn't yeah. work for me because he's just still a villain. Yeah. And I, I get what they were They were kind of trying to go for with his character. Uh, the pieces are all there. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, I didn't really find the movie to be insufferable, so I guess that mm-hmm. is a, a good thing. And I know that there are some people that legitimately liked this. And it is kind of just a a big dumb action movie i mean it's action yeah it definitely is that i is, found well, i found it, parts <laughs> of it fun you know yeah. i think i thought it was a below average movie but yeah so so this is what i think it's it's very generic relies a ton on superhero tropes but the you know you can still have a generic movie tropes and still make a good movie with great characterization and writing behind it uh, to where you invest. The problem is, is that the main character and the others, there's really not any kind of nuance, depth to them, motivation behind them. That's really worthwhile. And you take a movie like nobody. I was thinking about this today when I was writing my review, you take a movie like no, nobody, very simple plot line. Yeah. Generic action movie. But it's great characterization. It's fun. It's interesting. It's intriguing. Even though you can predict probably what's going to happen next. Well, that's not. You know, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so with this, I just it was lacking. The, the plot moves too fast. Um, you know, it's just very cheesy and bland. Yeah. I OK. So if I'm being fair. Um. I am kind of burnt out on the whole superhero thing. I am as well. Uh, so <laughs> that could be playing into it a little bit. Um, I'm going to start going. We can start going through this some. I, and the thing is, it's like I, part of it. Oh, <laughs> one of the things that I thought was really funny. And I mm-hmm. know it's not really the fault of the movie. I think it's just sort of the... Uh, uh, the 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 culture that we're in right now, but we've got uh, one of the key plot points of this is another special material. You know, mm-hmm. you have vibranium, you have mithril. Um, this is called Eternium Avatars. Uh, is it? I, it was, I was going to yeah. say Ethereum. <laughs> I think it's a yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, it's- I, and it's not I, this is the thing that in and of itself it, it, it's not a criticism really it's more of just one of those things that it's like oh another special rock <laughs> it's yeah. just more my like i was like okay um okay so the positives i took from this before yeah. we get in, into everything was uh the strong family-centric values with you know the mother and son themes and the father and son themes i really enjoyed that aspect of it the, you know, the, the running theme of freedom, you know, and uh, slavery is bad. You know, that kind of whole theme runs through there. <laughs> uh, mainly just the, the freedom part. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, with everything else. But the theme of sacrificing oneself or the other, uh, I thought, that, you know, that's a good theme. The CGI, I didn't, that I can remember, 
have a I didn't have I don't remember anything that stood out to me as that's bad. You know what I mean? Like so I thought the CGI uh, was okay. decent. The the kid can't act. In, yeah. in yeah, fact, yeah, yeah. As far in as fact, getting... one of my biggest criticisms of this movie is that I don't think most of the people in this movie are very good actors. Yeah. Um, and that's maybe that's why I was trying to get to the Dwayne, positives, David. I was saying I well, like just, the CGI. We're, we're having a just we're discussing this, right? Yes. Maybe that's why Dwayne didn't seem like he came off that great. Yeah. Or like that it felt like he was phoning it in. Maybe you would think that typically if everyone else around you isn't a very good actor. That he'd be able to elevate it. But I or, wonder if it's the it writing. Just, it would just naturally his acting would be elevated because everyone else around him. You know what I mean? Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. Maybe like he would think it that maybe it was bad writing too. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, it, it's weird, man. It's hard. I, yeah. Um, I... I'll disagree think the, with you a little bit. I didn't think the CG was very good in this. You didn't think the Inter Gang was a great gang? <laughs> no, they they hardly felt like a, that name, dude. I heard yeah. Inter Gang, and I was like, "Good job, guys." Um, I, there's some interesting ideas here. I, one of the things, and I guess we can kind of because I I want to follow along the movie a little mm-hmm. bit. So we have this introduction, um that's sort of a pseudo fake story right as we come to yeah. to find out later um of this of what they believe is essentially black adam's origin story which okay right. yeah you know nothing nothing really wrong there um and this is actually one of the things i saw that was pretty like controversial because it's the villain is basically the devil <laughs> yeah <laughs> And demons, yeah, the seven um, demons. So they, yeah, they. We get into the whole uh, modern day. What's how do you say this? Condock, condock. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and you know, uh, they uh, they play a little Smashing Pumpkins intro song there. Uh, something I saw, and I can't remember who it was that pointed this out. Uh oh, who was it? Hey, keep going. Bella's barking. Go He's, check on her. Oh, okay. Uh, anyway, so modern day uh, conduct. And one of the things that had been pointed out to me, and I can't believe I don't remember who said this. Uh, the, the setup for this is very Terminator 2-esque, where you have this teenage kid uh, whose, whose mother isn't exactly like uh mother of the year and um he comes across like a super being who essentially like changes his life and you know kind of changes the course of everything now obviously it's not exactly the same but it's very similar uh in that and i can't remember who that was it's gonna bug me now um so we get this introduction uh and uh, to a few of our main characters and uh Uh, Daggum Mormons Yeah sorry this is really hard to do without you being here No sorry about that uh, Mormons were knocking on the door Oh <laughs> I was like uh, you didn't hear Bella barking No Dude she was going crazy Alright so we're being introduced To our Characters Yep. Uh, we have and I guess the, 
I don't Funny know. You uncle? Could call, yeah, this is the this is the thing about this. I don't remember anybody. Any other names? Well, I know Doctor Fate, and I know Hawkman, and uh, <laughs> Whirlwind Girl, and Guy Who Grows Large. <laughs> is it a Storm? Is that her <laughs> no, name? No, no, that's knockoff that's the, Storm. Uh, Cyclone, right? Cyclone, Cyclone and it. Adam Smasher. There we go. Yeah. Uh, and that's the that's the thing is like. I, we can we'll we'll get there um with those characters but there's kind of a reason i only remember a few of them mm-hmm. um and a lot of these people don't really even matter like some of them are integral to the plot but like her brother is kind of just he's really generic goofy character yep um so yeah they he's go, generic goofy uncle that's uh loving kind and there and sacrificial yeah they go through a lot i mean this is mostly just introductions to everybody it's, it's uh, uncle ben <laughs> <laughs> um our 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 boy protagonist is beaten up by uh the mercenary and pushed to the ground and like you know they do this very it's not very subtle uh th- this thing where like all these comics fall out of yep. his um of as his bag, I guess the way that he falls, he would look at this. He wasn't, he wasn't holding on to them. Was he? I just, this is the kind of, okay. So he gets pushed, right? Boom. Yeah. Boom. He falls. I guess his bag falls over his head and they just edit. Dude, someone literally just threw those on the ground in that edit. So they push him on the ground. Right. And then right. you get this other edit. It's almost, obvious the way that they get thrown where it's like boom but That's i see what they hilarious. were going for yeah but yeah boom because look at the way because he Cyclops, comes back Batman, right and superman and wonder woman comics. yeah and so you're getting this whole idea that he's got this idea of what superheroes are supposed to be it's like not the worst right. thing and not the worst way that it's set up um and uh i just kind of found it like it, this movie has some similarities to Shazam, obviously, mm-hmm. and I think uh, one of the things that oh no, you know what? Actually, it might be different. You know what? I'm not going to speak on that because I haven't watched Shazam in a while. Because I was going to say both of the main main like boy characters in it are similar, but I don't actually think that's right. Because I think in Shazam, his his like uh, foster brother is the one who's like obsessed with superheroes. And then the mm-hmm. guy who is Shazam, who ends up being Shazam, Billy, Billy Burton. Matt can correct me on that. Billy Eichner. No. Yeah. Um. He. Uh. I think he is like disenfranchised with all that stuff, and so it's like the irony in him being the one that ends up getting the powers. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Um. They go through this whole thing. It turns out that his mom is in the back of the van. And uh, it also, I, I was kind of like, oh man, that was like really good luck. But I, I realized watching it the second time that it was all planned because I missed the line. Mm-hmm. There's a line where she basically is like, hey, good good work back there. And he wants to go with them uh, to that. And, you know, you get the little like wristwatch thing of her being uh, Batson. Thank you. Billy Batson is the, the kid who turns into Shazam. Right. Um. Yeah, I thought it was luck up until they explained that part myself. I was like, yeah, okay. It was like, that was really good timing that he happened to be showing up when his mom yeah. did. But it turns out that's not the case. They, they they had planned the whole thing, which I don't know, man. Like, you were talking about family values. I don't know how great it is that she's putting her, like, 
13-year-old son in harm's way. <laughs> yeah, I don't necessarily mean in, in those instances, but you can tell. I know, I know what you were you know, referring you know what to. I know what you were referring yeah. to. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to find positives here, David. Come. Uh, um, so he's gone for now, and it turns out that like her family has some sort of connection to like ancient Kondok. Um, and, and her the, necklace is the, uh, the Ethereum. Yeah, well, the necklace is like the thing that I guess unlocks Black Adam. Is that no? It's the it's when she says the uh, that phrase. Yeah, you know, the we'll, get out of jail uh, free card. Okay, I'm aware of that, but there's this moment when that yep. happens where the necklace starts like glowing, lighting up. So yep. I wasn't sure because she has this whole conversation with the mustache man, who's not really important past the next like couple of minutes. Um. He's just supposed to make you. It's I think is it he supposed herring? to make you think that yeah, red herring. That he's like he's actually a bad guy, and you know he doesn't ends last up being very long. The other guy that's very obvious. He, he basically <laughs> ends up being mustache man that you'll forget about in the next couple of minutes because he's yeah. completely unimportant to the plot. Um, I think almost completely right. Yep. Do they completely? I, I, honestly, I can't remember. He just gets killed. He, yeah, he dies. They go, like, oh no, what happened? And then they leave. But do they ever? Does he ever get brought up again? Like, is do they ever like no. go? Did they ever put the piece together of oh, other guy is the not reason? That I can remember. Okay, I can't remember if that actually happened or not. Because they go into the mountain and they're like, hey, where's evil demon guy that ends up taking the throne? That you know that dude right there. Yeah, I can't remember his name and. uh uh, you know, they said, oh, they said, I don't know. And then uh, moments later, Saffron or, you know, the mustache guy, whatever his name is, gets tossed off the mountain. And then this guy shows up and she's like, where's Safar? And he's like, oh, he's claustrophobic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He came up with this really <laughs> bad excuse. And then that's the thing is that she that's then sees really him obvious. later. She sees him later. And as far as I can remember... That's it. Like it just it it doesn't really seem to be. It, not that it matters anyway. Um, but it yeah, it's very. It was kind of it's kind of an odd thing. So yeah. anyway, they okay. How <laughs> how did they find this place so easily? Yep, uh, that seems like there would be high security around because there's an outside shot of this mountain being by a you know. Uh, High security. They're security digging area. in the area, so yeah, it looks like they're mining uh, Eternium. That's yep. the. I think that's the assumption that's supposed to be made. They're taking the natural resources of the land. Um, that's definitely not a reference to the United States and <laughs> what they do in the Middle East. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, hey, that's listen. I I have no issue with that stuff. It's I don't either. It's one of those things that, again, it just needs to be implemented well, and I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Some of that is acting. So again, like with the little kid, when he goes up to distract the guard, and he's basically like, "Y'all have come into our homes," and it, it, he he does not have. I'm gonna say pizzazz because that's the only word that's coming to mind, and I feel like that's I gotta I gotta come up with a better word. Uh, he doesn't have that sort of, or he doesn't have the acting chops to really get you because you want to endear yourself to this kid. Mm-hmm. And like from the get go, you're like, I don't, I'm not sure I like this kid. Yeah. At least for me, I, I it was just like, uh, it's like, all I think right. They do a lot of that. I think they try and make you like Black Adam. At least for me, it's like, no, I don't really like him because like an antihero. 
And we can get into it later. We yeah. won't get into it now, but yeah. We'll get to it when he shows up. But yeah, I agree with you. The kid, I was just kind of indifferent to. You didn't really care for him, didn't have anything against him. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I was just kind of, eh, he's there. Um, You know, puts in his music. He's just like, I don't know. He's like generic funny guy. Like He's generic funny. Kind of overweight, yeah, just... I don't know, and that was the thing, is that there's a couple jokes with him in this that, again, I don't know if I'm just kind of over, we've seen it a lot before, I think is what it comes mm-hmm. down to. It's I that, think we're just both kind of tired of the superhero genre, Yeah, personally. Yeah, um, and there's a lot of what I would, at this point, probably call generic stuff, right? So it's like, oh, like there's one joke that that happens in a little bit where black adam uh like flies up in the air and mm-hmm. his brother's like oh hope we don't ever see him again and then he like crashes back down mm-hmm. and i know it's like humorous it just <laughs> it goes to be slapstick know. humor but we've seen it so much it's kind of for whatever reason it just over and done with because yeah, it's been so fast it didn't you know it didn't work with me um okay so we come in here and this to this temple that no one else has found yet and I don't think we're actually given an explanation as to why she specifically knows that it's here. Not that I can remember. I don't I think she's supposed to. If she's some kind of like doctor, archaeologist. Or yeah. Something like and that. so the assumption is, is that she figured something out. But typically, typically in movies, with her ancestral roots, you know. Yeah. But typically in these kind of movies, um, there is a build up to finding the place. Mm-hmm. You're cut. You're given an idea as to how she managed this. They, mm-hmm. they, you know, they take the time to write out like, all right, here's this like puzzle that she's trying to solve at the beginning of the movie and she finds it. She says, this is the thing that we were missing or whatever. And, and, and even if it's like not the greatest driving force mm-hmm. that at least gets the audience like invested early on as to like, oh, they're searching for something yeah. like, oh, it must be, you know, Black Adam. But this is pretty much like they've done that prior to us meeting any of these characters and we're just on the ride to the place Um, right so it's fine it's a choice i i don't know if if it's something that i particularly like Mm um you know he's out here singing oh and then yeah here mustache man is dead so he's finished and then the navy seals come come out. out yeah the enter gang um, I'm sorry. The United Nations Special Police Force comes out, uh, <laughs> and the uh, dude, the Ender Gang cracked me up because they seem to be able to operate with impunity around the world. I'm like, like who leads them? How they get here? Where they come from? Like how they get established? You know, what's their goals? What are they? You know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's just like. It's like they seem to operate with impunity, even though the Justice League is supposed to be a thing. Heck, even the Justice Society is supposed to be a thing. Uh, yeah, there it's very confusing, and, and we'll get there. And I, there's some of that that I like, because I kind of like what they were trying to go for more than it being fully accomplished. Okay. Um, but we'll get there. We're not we're not quite okay. there yet. Um. So yeah, they they get this whole thing. We get the 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 magic crown, which is you know one of the uh the magic items in you know so we've got the magic necklace we've got the magic crown yep um and this is one of the things that sort of so and i'm sure you noticed this but there's like two so typically 
you have your main plot and your subplot or your B plot, whatever you want to call it. And the weird thing in this is like there's like just two kind of running plots. Mm-hmm. You just it's very strange because and, and and obviously we're gonna get there, but like you have the crown, then you also have this being a Black Adam movie, mm-hmm. um, and then it the the thing that's interesting is that they introduce the Justice Society, which is supposed like, to be the Justice Society of America. Yeah, and they they're on their way to stop Black Adam. And so the idea is sort of like, okay, you have this conflict between them, mm-hmm. but then the crown is also sort of parallel Playing running that. along with that as the other sort of major plot point of the movie, the villain aspect of the movie. And and it never fully felt like, well, one thing is taking precedent over the other. It's like, they're kind of wrestling with each other. It- and, and yeah. I just found I found it kind of odd. Like I I don't know. I don't even really hate it. It just it's odd because you know. And we'll we'll get there with that that first fight scene. But it's like Doctor Fate comes out and he and it's like oh the crown and Hawkeye's like no no we'll deal with that later. And you're like <laughs> I feel like the the script, crown is more important. Well, not just that, but it felt to me like the script was literally being like, hang on, we're gonna deal with all of this. Like stay like, tight. Doctor Fate just <laughs> immediately grab the. Yeah. overpower her and get it yeah if it was that and because he knows it's that important and we'll, yeah. we'll we'll get there but she you know she picks up the crown um there's this whole thing about what is it that uh, from death comes life or from life comes death and everybody's confused about the actual translation of what it is until the yeah. end of the movie uh i thought it was funny how um the uh, wizard stored the crown in the exact same spot that Black Adam was in prison, and uh, they, <laughs> they were so serious about keeping Black Adam locked up. Yeah. They made it super easy to release him by just well, this, uh, carving a saying on the floor. Yeah, it's just very convenient that the crown is floating about <laughs> 20 feet in the air, so she climbs up and grabs it. There's not a whole yeah. lot of danger to her doing that. And then you're right. It's it's so she gets and this is the part that Joseph's talking about. So she grabs a crown and, and the mercenaries run in. And uh, I thought this joke was fine where. Well, well not yet. We're almost. there. Oh, yeah. The countdown. Uh, yeah. I was like, that's OK. Because um, it's like he it, it, he makes a really good point. It's like, why didn't you just it's like, oh, hey, just don't shoot. And the whole reason it happened is specifically so she could conveniently place herself in the spot she needed yeah. to be in. To be able to summon Black Adam, and I didn't ha- get the feeling that she knew that. It comes off more of a coincidence than it does she was playing that perfectly. Yeah, and why would she know that anyway? Yeah, you know what I mean. So yeah, she she gets thrown to the ground, and this is when she realizes, oh, there's something here written on the ground. Um, How lucky am I? Yeah, and so this is let's see if I can show so. They yep. give the impression that the necklace is so some the, kind of connection. Yeah. So the necklace plus the words that she speaks brings about the entrance of Black Adam. Um, for the most part, I'm fine with his introduction. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they do a pretty good job. Uh, I like that 
they this is the joke I was talking about though where it's like oh, yeah. no you go no you go no you go and then he looks to it and he's like oh, I guess it's me and <laughs> yeah because he and, looks he's gonna tell someone else to go yeah and then um so he goes up and I it was funny watching it I was like oh man this poor guy and then everyone gets obliterated so you kind of feel less bad for him though I think he gets yeah. it worse than a lot of them um they sort of get pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. in this the violence is pretty brutal for a superhero movie yeah and i know that dc tends to be a little bit darker but that in some of this in particular i i was like kind of into it um i also like he's got this line right here where he's like your magic is weak <laughs> it's just that's what he you know he's like uh like from his mindset like that's what's going mm-hmm. on um and yeah, so he basically comes in and like obliterates all these guys. Uh, and I, I don't know, the, some of the CG is fine. Uh, I think when he gets out into the actual desert outside of the uh, this area, mm-hmm. it starts to get a little not as good. Yeah. Um. So I thought I thought the uh, CG was fine, but I'll show you a I didn't really notice shots. it. But again, I wasn't. I wasn't really paying attention and to the extent of like I have in the past. I think just because I'm like, uh, you know, you know what I mean? Another superhero movie. Yeah. So to say. Yeah. And I did notice one thing. His cloak is pretty indestructible up until that <laughs> blast hits that, you know, well, it, it actually weird does have bullet hole. It has bullet holes in it. Yeah. But um, I just mean that, uh, it doesn't, you know they launch a few launch a few rockets at him right here. Yeah, and I don't think it really does anything to his. No, it's not till that Eternium bomb goes yeah. off, and it's like, well, I guess his clothing is also, it's, since it's like, I guess you're just supposed to assume because it's connected to him. But you can yeah. see you can see the holes. Yeah, in some of these shots, but like this doesn't. It, it's not the worst that I've ever seen, but it, it's one of the things we've talked about. I, I a lot of this just. It's so obviously fake, mm-hmm. and a lot of the uh, the companies who are putting this stuff together, they're so they're having to push a lot of this stuff out so fast without um, being able to properly work on it. Yeah, that you're just not getting the kind of quality that you used to. Um, this is a very bombastic action movie. Yeah, I not mean, a lot of dialogue. Get... It's just to like turn off your brain, s- sit and watch. Yeah, it's it's and some of this is a little hard to tell. Uh, with me just kind of going through the frames. Mm-hmm. But when you see it, like it just, I don't know, it's its very, stylistically it's really weird. Though I did like when he put the, there's like this part where, I think it's right here, the guy puts the <laughs> grenade puts in the, the guy's mouth. The guy's mouth. Um, uh, and I, one just of the, throughout the movie, The Rock seems disinterested in this character. That's the thing is that I think, it's got this, and maybe it's an expectation on my part, mm-hmm. more so than what they were going for. But you're getting this sort of out of time and place with The Rock's character. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that can be used, sort of like with Thor in the original movie, like I know people really don't like that movie very much, but one of the things that I do like about it is that it's got that out of, he's like out of his element. Yeah. In that. And so he's doing stuff where, you know, he's going into the to have breakfast and he's got his coffee mug and Thor's like another and he like throws the mug down on the ground and breaks it because it's like, oh, in his Asgardian culture, that's what they do. And it's funny because, yeah, this is like middle America, like you're supposed to be polite, like, you know, it kind of requires you to understand 
what culture he's now in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he he does come off sort of disinterested. Like he's just, it, it, I don't know his look. You see some of the his face in some of these shots. I'm not exactly sure what emotion or like what we're supposed to be reading. I think he's trying from, to be menacing. You think and so? And it's like, I think so. And it just, well, I think because they tried to make <laughs> him an anti-hero, but they fell flat on it, that yeah. just doesn't work. I wish they would have leaned harder. Look. Again, that's why I said they should have just made him a villain because that's, Matt, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure with what I know with DC and comics and Black Adam in particular, that he's a straight up villain. Yeah. Now they may have some... And I'm just tired of the sympathetic. Not, you know? I'm sorry. I was I was trying to. Yeah. I was gonna say I'm just tired of you know them trying to take villains and make them sympathetic. Nothing wrong with that, but it's just being overplayed too much, for my liking. Mm. Maybe it's more that it's not being done well. Yeah, maybe. And I just think even with him, because what you're used to is like really bad attempts at it. Yeah. Like uh, a Adar. Sauron. Um, what was some of the other stuff we've watched where they've done that recently? Um, uh, they have, I'm trying to think if they've done it in Marvel. Kind of. Oh, I guess you could say the most recent Black Panther movie. Namor comes well, off. Thanos. As, Namor. Well, yeah, no. Well, no, he's more a sympathetic villain, not necessarily anti-hero, but sympathetic villain. And then Namor, you're right about that. And then not only Namor, but what's the, uh, I can't remember her name, uh, Green Girl's sister in uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, the blue chick, uh, oh, well, the robot. The, we won't get into that, but there's like story elements that make sense as to why that would happen. Yeah. Um, but if you're talking straight up villains, like, characters who are oh, yeah, archi- yeah. like their archetype the thing that they are generally known as um as the villain like that's that's different and i yeah i don't think that every villain needs to be ha- needs to have like a tr- a specifically tragic backstory that everyone can get behind in that way mm-hmm. um i think that you can one of the most interesting things and in why early on thanos was interesting was because on some level, you could understand what he was trying to do. He was just going about it in the wrong way. And what a, a potentially really good villain can cause is for you to see what they're doing. And it makes you kind of uncomfortable being like, oh man, there's some like... It's like, that's probably not how I would have gone about that. But you can understand how he got to that point. And it can almost like bring you as the viewer into the character more. Mm. and be like oh dang like that that's not too far from you know a, a potential like reality is as if like man maybe it's like he sees things like oh things are going wrong he sees a solution to it and his solution is essentially the like genocide half of all life literally all yeah. life and you go dang like that's that's the wrong direction, but it's kind of a scary thought that that's where that mindset can potentially lead you to. Does that make sense? So it's Mm -hmm. like that versus sort of like what you get with Dwayne in this. I like calling him Dwayne. Um, 
also this look by the way this is his like classic yeah <laughs> <laughs> um he um where was i going with this sorry no you're good it has been quite the day um yeah he just doesn't I, I don't definitely out have of, the connection it, there like I would with he, some other potential anti-heroes or villains. Yeah. And he's trying to expand his range in this movie because, you know, he does a good job of playing The Rock in a bunch of movies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, you're right. There's not that connection there. And I think it has to do with the writing, um, you know, the timeline we're on here. I think just a lot of people, you know, I say we're burnt out. I think we're just burnt out of bad and mundane superhero movies when you have a good one like you know spider-man i would say was uh <laughs> most <good>. spider-man <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 most of spider-man um, um you see how well it does when there's you know some decent writing behind it yeah and i just think you know i think james gunn and them are right to do a hard reboot of uh excuse me of dc i just think they is that confirmed? Should have kept Henry. Or is that yeah, still Yeah, I mean, sort it seems like hope. they're doing. It yeah. seems like they're doing a hard reboot, a pretty hard. Yeah. You know, it so, may be they may say it's a soft reboot, but I mean, it's pretty. It seem seem it seems to me like it's a hard reboot, and yeah. I don't blame them. I would freaking hard reboot that. I'm not a big fan Same. of the Zack Snyderverse, so I just was more like just keep Henry, you know. So. Um, but yeah, then we get this scene of you know the rolling uh, up the windows thing. I kind of liked uh, the set. I, I I don't know. Maybe it's just the pick your poison of jokes in mm-hmm. this. But um, I, and maybe I like the rolling up the window thing because it feels like something people would actually do in this scenario, where it's like, and, oh no no no, like let's. <laughs> and how far away is he from the car when that, oh, when that bomb when goes it blows up? up? He, hang on, let's see if we can. He's like right next to it, isn't he? Look how close he is. <laughs> you can see him right there. Well, yeah, now now go because he because ca- he goes forward some and he catches it. So exactly uh, how far the distance isn't clear. Yeah, it's it seems close to me, but you know I want to be safe here uh, before we get a, you know before I clip this to make a you know get a thousand comments on TikTok. I don't want to play too much of this for. Okay. Well, he doesn't walk, so I, I thought there was a indistinguishable high shot when it uh, when it blows up. That's pretty close. That's man. pretty close, bro. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like it's, like a, it's a it's a magic it's a magic rocket, so it's not yeah. as if we can say for certain. It um, only affects him, not no one else, and nothing. Yeah, else. <laughs> and I don't know if they shoot the magic rocket again in the movie no, I so thought, i don't know if there's a comparison like it you doesn't would, you would think i thought that was going to come back to pl- you know play a part in it I'm yeah. like, oh okay so this you know this ore you know damages him and limits him so it's kind of you know his kryptonite never comes back to play. yeah it's just this one time i'm like what's the point um and here we have curly haired villain yep he ends uh, up getting the uh the the devil's crown. Yeah, and he's just to literally like, open a portal here. There's so much occultic symbols in this and Christian themes in this. What? Yeah, the triangles. Yep. Did you notice that? Like all the lots of triangles. Um, uh, the pentagram. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so one of the things that drives me kind of crazy is this whole thing where villains kill off their henchmen for like no mm-hmm. reason at all, which he does right here. The guy's like alive and he's like, help me. <laughs> he goes, just to let like, you know, nah. he's evil. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, oh gosh. I, it's that is a writing trope that I think can be locked away and mm-hmm. never, never brought out again. It just, it's, it's dumb. Yeah. Um, so we have our introduction to Hawkman uh, and also, um, oh shoot. Dr. Fate. No. And then. What is this woman's uh, name? Viola Davis. Yes. Oh man, Matt, help us out. What's her name? I know her name. It's, uh, Amanda Wallers. Yep. Is that right? Aman- Wait, yep. is Amanda that right? Waller? Wallace. Wallace. Let's She's, see. so <laughs> her, her, her name, her character's name Amanda Waller. Yeah. I was right. Yeah, Amanda Waller. Okay, so um, I'm sure that there is a comic book reason for why she is in this movie. But I can't help but think that the reason she's here is because the or Suicide Squad was successful mm-hmm. and people really liked the Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. So this whole Justice Society of America thing is just them putting Suicide Squad-esque stuff into yep. this movie and that's the things that worked in suicide Squad. let's bring them over here yeah it's kind of its purpose um and also she is like it's weird to me that the justice society would be working with her um because she she is also she is? yes there's a scene in suicide squad and it's the only thing i ever remember about her character for the most part where she has like all of these people that worked for her in, in the first movie and some sort of event happens. Like I think uh, either like Harley Quinn or somebody is getting close uh, to where she's located. And so she just makes this odd decision. And again, it's one of those things where it's like, Oh, we have to show, show that she's evil. So she mm-hmm. shoots all of her men yeah. and leaves. And I was just kind of like, Oh, all right. Like why? <laughs> so it's that's very funny. odd to me. And I don't, I, it seems to me that they are trying to do this thing with the justice society. That's like Hawkman is of that. Well, no, that he is, he believes himself to be very moral. Mm-hmm. Like that's his perspective on himself in the movie. But the movie is trying to kind of say something else. Right. But I don't know if it's on purpose. I'm not. I'm not always. What do you think the movie's certain. trying to say that he's not that moral? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That there is a that he sees him that he has a very specific idea of who he is, and that mm-hmm. he is the portrayer of justice, and that he's the good guy, right? And that's something that the movie plays around with a little bit. But then he gets to. They never really answer to it. Not really, but no, it, that's the problem weird. with this movie. They pose these different questions and ideas but they don't the movie doesn't breathe because it's just bombastic action which i don't have a problem with a bunch of action being in it but at least allow characters and scenes to scenes to breathe and it's too bloated due to all the action that's within it and so it's like if, if you want to keep all that action maybe you take out cyclone and adam smasher uh to allow dr fate and uh hawkeye's uh, what's his name frick not hawkeye uh hawkman hawkman his, their relationship to develop their friendship to develop more and then you know you can answer these other themes of because uh, I, I wrote down the same thing where's it at it's oh yeah yeah, yeah. 
who gets to decide who is good? Um, is it okay to hurt people if something comes out of it? You know, there's different things they could play around with, but they just don't allow anything to breathe. Well, I don't know if you've actually started watching the um, the God of War stuff, the, your homework for a couple weeks from now. Yeah. Um, there are some interesting moral quandaries that are posed in that. And one mm-hmm. of the things, I, and I'm going to butcher it just a little bit because it's hard when you don't have the exact words right in front of you. Um, there is a... Uh, uh, some stuff in there about sort of like the morality of characters and what you are supposed to do and whether like inaction versus action and how you respond to the actions that you decide to take. Um, and that there's sort of this idea of, of even in tr- like having the best in a situation. Yeah. It doesn't mean that that situation is always going to work out the way that you want to. Um, like, and I won't get too deep into it because that's for another stream, but like there's like a character who has done like a lot of terrible stuff in the past um, mm-hmm. besides Kratos, I'm not talking specifically about Kratos, but they, they've done a lot of terrible stuff and Kratos has this moment with the character where he's like um, making it's like you can't uh, fit like you can't always fix things. You can make things better. It's like so it's this idea of like you've done a lot of terrible stuff. You're trying to atone for that. Like, you can't take back those things. Those things may never actually get back to a place where you're, you're, you're good. You're even. It's like, mm-hmm. but he's saying, but you can make things better. And so it's like yeah. these little things like that where this movie doesn't quite. No, I think this. Yeah, there. It, it, it just. Yeah, play, it, it it's very cookie with the cutter stuff. simplistic. It, and this is a problem with a lot of, I think probably modern cinema they're like afraid to give you answers to things i don't know if you've you've noticed that mm-hmm. and uh there's a lot of more relativity that's what it is sure this, this relative yeah. morality because you even get it with dr fate when and i know we're kind of jumping here but screw it uh he's about to he, get introduced yeah he claims that let's, due to the fact that he can bit. see several futures and then the future can be changed you cease to believe in absolutes and then you even have with Black Adam as a main protagonist, he operates with his own sense of justice. He does what's right in his own eyes. Right. Reminds you of some biblical uh, uh, passages and judges, uh, rather than it being based on any kind of objective morality. And so, you know, you have these warped kind of Christian themes in there and relative morality. Well, here's the thing. Like, this they're, sense they're, of hang on. every movie's preaching something. And so it's like, what is this movie preaching? Well, they're war- uh, they're warped from that perspective. But like you got to remember is like these characters aren't coming from the same the same view. Right. And so you got you take them. It's like, OK, that and that is potentially for some of them that's probably on purpose now whether now whether you want to get into like that's the writers trying to put like messaging into the movie versus Mm -hmm. that's just specifically how they're trying to write the characters um because yeah that's a lot of anti-heroes right i mean specifically with um black adam they sort they always sort of take the law if you will or whatever like morality into their own hands because they're like i can do it i can do it better than what is kind of the considered the standard yeah i always took anti-hero to mean you know, and maybe it's just semantics here uh, that antihero does the right, you know, technical moral thing, but for the wrong reasons. You know what I mean? So, like, I'm going to help the old lady across the street, but I'm, I'm doing it not because I care about the old lady, but because I want the fame and attention that comes from that or, you know, whatever else. You know what I mean? So there's selfish and prideful motives behind it, whereas 
I've always taken the villain to be the one that you might have it backwards. I'm going to murder this person, even though they don't deserve to be murdered. <laughs> no, that's so too what, simplistic. What I think, no, what uh, I think you're hang on. What are, you might be trying to get at is so with the the antihero. Uh-huh. Uh, t- take like vigilante stories because I think that's like a pretty easy way of going about yeah. it. So like Batman is an antihero, right? Because he takes In the law, sense. he takes the law into his yep. own hands, and because he his end goal is to try to get to like the morally like the just thing, right? But he uses not so moral ways of potentially getting that right. So it's like right, I'm like, Robin Hood is an anti-hero. He steals yep. from the rich to give to the poor. Right. Generally, people but believe Black that Adam stealing is an anti-hero in this movie. Well, he murders hang on. innocent people. Yes, but he also essentially like frees conduct from their enslavement. Right. So I guess you way is it okay to murder some people, you know, does committing these evils justify this good and that's and where the totalitarianism well that's where the anti-hero thing comes from yeah the idea of okay see that's to me that he's not that's not an anti-hero like a you know what i mean no <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't seem like an anti-hero when you murder innocent people that have you know nothing to i don't know just indiscriminately murder people I, again i'm not talking about I don't know. It just didn't work for me. I had to watch the movie again and listen oh, more. Not tra- I'm not, well, I'm not arguing. Really I'm, that's not care. What I'm, I just don't think that Black Adam in the movie, as portrayed, is an actual anti-hero. I get what you're saying, what an anti-hero is, but even in your description, I don't think he fits it. Well, yeah, okay. I, I mean, I'm not saying that he does. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm just, I'm trying to get like help you like kind of get to a, yeah, a solid yeah, yeah. idea of of what that is. And yeah, I mean, like you can, I, there is elements of it in there though. And the the movie is definitely trying to portray him in that way. Yeah. Um, I just and, think it falls short and misses it. And maybe, I don't know, maybe it's, well, maybe I'm giving too much credit to, to the movie, but maybe that's on purpose? I don't know. I think you're giving too much credit. I think they're trying to go for the anti-hero thing. For the anti-hero thing. thing and I they think just, they're trying to make him the, you know, the Hulk is the anti-hero, right? The great anti-hero. Hang on. I got to think about Hulk for a second. That's his whole thing. Movie Hulk? And Hyde. Yeah. He. Well, I just mean as a whole, his character. I'm not, not necessarily movie Hulk, but, you know. Yeah. So he's. Yeah. But even at first, he's a, he's an anti-hero. Like, but even even with movie Hulk, even with Bruce Banner, right? His whole okay, thing so is like he doesn't want to come Hulk say. because he doesn't, he doesn't want to endanger other people. So you have that, you know dilemma there oh rorschach okay so here's here's the thing and this is probably where you might have to change sort of your understanding of what an anti-hero is okay i think that the potential of innocent people being caught in the crossfire could be seen as collateral damage to an anti-hero right so innocent but life. They could, it collateral, collateral damage is just a synonym for murder. Okay, uh, jo- Joseph, I think you are <laughs> focusing too much on the hero aspect of it, and and you're forgetting the anti. 
yeah. aspect of it. it, yeah. it he, he's not well, Superman. Yeah. So he's not D, DC. Not what most people see as like Superman, like very upright, wants to do the right thing, isn't going to put innocent lives in risk. And we're not talking about the right. m- the most recent, you know, the most recent movie version of him because that isn't that character so much. But yeah, collateral damage is kind of a thing that is justified a lot of the time because yeah some someone in the the troll room augustus mentioned rorschach mentioned rorschach yeah and rorschach is kind of falls into that like if he if he's a character that if he like accidentally goes off after the wrong guy and so beats up an innocent person Mm -hmm. or whatever they're going to see that as just sort of a mistake in the path of still get it like they believe that they still yes that their means are still worth accomplishing even if they make a mistake and hurt innocent people along the way that justification that's why batman kind of falls into that category because he does some of those things and the the asking the question he kind of of, bends that batman really bends that line of being a superhero and anti and I don't even know. I don't know if I would classify Batman as an anti-hero, as a man. It's weird. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess he kind of he can, he can blend, blur the lines between both. Right? Well, that's, well, that's exactly yeah. what an anti-hero is. They blur they blur the lines. I don't know, but Batman also <laughs> operates. Un- uh, yeah, again, his own moral code. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Nope. Listen. Listen. Yeah. Take that thought. Chew on it. Yeah, no, I see get... what you're saying. I think, <laughs> yeah. though, with that, that Black Adam doesn't fit that in this movie. They try to make him fit that anti-hero moniker, but it just, to me, doesn't fall short. Because I'm like, he's still a villain. He's murdering people. But anyway. <laughs> it's just me. All right. So we get introduced to the Justice Society. Uh, we have Dr. Fate here. And don't they have links to the United Nations? The Do Justice they? Society? Yeah. <laughs> That's just a joke. Oh. Because it's very, just, the Justice Society very much reminded me, again, of the United Nations, not necessarily how they should be portrayed from the, I, don't, I didn't think they were very comic book accurate. Cause it should be the Justice Society of America. Yeah, they they kind of come off it, 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 as being the, uh, and we'll get to the scene specifically that, stuck in my mind um as being there to try to get a a certain uh theme across about Mm -hmm. what a hero actually is um because i wouldn't honestly i don't think i disagree with you that i they don't do it very well um and it might just be the character writing that it's just not it's not solid enough one of their plot lines too is to write provide stability to the world yeah Regardless of what the general populace actually wants, because they don't care that Kondok wants Black Adam as their champion, they're like, "No, we know better." You know what I mean? And yes, so that's, that's where you have those was, ideas of yeah, like the United we'll Nations and this kind of this global, you know, this you know theme being there of uh, we know better than you do. Yeah. Let me where 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 where. And they also apparently Justice Society and Black Adam do not care about the civilians. With all oh. their battles taking place in the major cities. Yeah, especially towards the end, that was something that I noticed. Um, the civilians always just kind of seem to be fine. And so DC, in uh, as a whole, the only thing they seem to learn from Man of Steel 
was to just move the civilian population out of the way of all of the things that are yeah. happening. And it's like there's no way people didn't escape, escape death and brutal injury. Yeah, there's like, it's, you know, I, I can't remember. We, we'll get there. There's a scene at the end where someone gets like smashed into this this area that they're in. Uh, it might be Black Adam, but somebody goes like just flying through like yeah. craters this area. And I was like, there weren't any civilians in there. That was uh, <laughs> that was. Adam, I think, when he comes rampaging uh, through. Uh, Adam you Smasher. You might be right about that. Because, he, you know, Ant-Man for DC. And, uh, yeah, they, they essentially have the same powers. Yeah. Um, except I think uh, Adam Smasher, he just he can grow. Um, yeah. So, they go in to try to stop... Um, Black Adam for Amanda Waller because apparently mm-hmm. so like in this universe everyone is like under her thumb including yeah, uh Superman apparently. which I also found to be a bit irritating that's yeah. <laughs> like she has oh, a lot some, of yeah he power. owes me a favor and I'm like that's the favor you call in for Superman <laughs> like okay okay is this the part two in the scene or, or is it after this where someone claimed that the world doesn't always need a white knight? Sometimes it needs something darker. Yeah. Um, I think that you can interpret that in different ways. Yeah. Um, I'm I, in. Tr- yeah. I mean. It, but my whole thing is, is it true, though? You know what I mean? Again, this is where it's like they, they, they play with it and then they don't really do anything with it and answer it. Uh you know, my whole thing is, don't we kind of really need men and women right now who know the truth? Like, this kind of reasoning from the character, I can't remember who said it, uh, is similar to Boromir's argument in uh, The Fellowship when they're at the council meeting and when he wanted to use Sauron's rather than destroy it. You know, once you compromise your virtue, that uh, virtues, that often leads to corruption. Yeah. Uh, and I think there was, I'm trying to remember, uh, doesn't Superman mention something like that to him? No, there was some, I could have sworn someone said something to him about, uh, going to, oh, or is that part of it where it's like, if you go down the path, this path, it can lead uh, to some sort of darkness and then is that when they say like maybe what the world needs isn't like heroes yeah. it's something darker or whatever I don't know right. I, I'm gonna just I, this is what I'm gonna tell you part of me thinks that's them just trying to be edgy because they're trying to push the anti-hero thing yeah because uh, yeah I don't think it works very well you're, you're just like because yeah what does that mean he's just yeah. <laughs> the way they say you, these philosophical philosophical you know, ideas, they throw them out there. Yeah. And they don't handle them. They're like, hey, they're out there. Okay. We're yeah, going back to action. <laughs> it's pseudo it's pseudo philosophical. It's like purple prose. Yep. It it sounds kind of good, like, oh yeah, but you're like where's this existential crisis? Oh, we're not gonna handle it. Yeah. Um so they have their kind of their first big fight. A lot of this movie feels like Hawkman trying to fight Black Adam and constantly failing at it. Yeah. Um, yeah. They. Uh, here's the thing. 
and I think this goes into the whole scenario again. I'm not exactly sure what the movie wants me to think about Hawkman. Yeah, I don't even think I, I think because that's be due to the writing. I think it's yeah. just this this jumbled. And I think they organized it in the wrong way. Well, hang on. so you have uh, skateboard kid's mother, mm-hmm. who she's the one who brings up that line about like, "What are you doing?" Like he's the hero. Like we've mm-hmm. been we've been under like under siege for so long like just it you know and so they're pulling those and i was like oh i was like okay that's kind of an interesting path to take it's like this forgotten country you know mm-hmm. superman and the just justice league and the justice society and all of these heroes exist it's like her son loves all of these characters but somehow their city has been completely overlooked this entire time Mm-hmm. Um, giving rise potentially to the idea like Black Adam, which also could have been a really cool thing if they had gone in the direction of just making him a villain. Yeah. Where it's like they don't really care. Like the the people living in the city, they've been so beaten down for so long that they don't mm-hmm. even really care how he handles as long as they have, they basically their have freedom. control back and like yeah. he's, he essentially kind of becomes their God or whatever. Like there was, there's as long as their lives are good. He doesn't care how they don't care, uh, what means he has to go to in order to justify it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They um, could have worked. They could have gone that way. that way. And then also kind of pushed this idea to the justice society. Like you all believe that you're so upright and moral and yet, and that you have the ability to to be like everywhere and decide what is justice around the world. Yet you have never been here before. We have no idea who you are. Someone comes in and is is seemingly trying to help us and save us, and you guys are mm-hmm. trying trying to take him away. It's like you look like the villain in that situation, um, and that's interesting. I, and you might be right. This movie might not. It, they might be trying to handle material that they haven't thought about long enough. Yeah, and and that because there's so all these other running plots like with the crown and the Justice Society and Black Adam and the the boy and his mother uh, and Black Adam's like history, <laughs> it just it might be a little bit too much for one movie, especially because this thing is barely two hours. Yeah, like I'm not even sure it quite clocks in at two hours, which um, they probably could have, you know, um, cut it down quite a bit to an hour and a half. Maybe less. I, I think they could have just been more focused, man. I mean, two yeah. hours is plenty of time. Um, there's some like interesting stuff. Like I like Doctor Fate in this. I mean, I think Pierce Brosnan looks the role. I, I think design wise, they did a really good job with him. Um, but it's just odd that he's kind of like it. Kind of would have been cool to get a Pierce Brosnan Doctor Fate movie. Mm. Uh, like an that introduction. That would be interesting, right? It, yeah, and like you could have done sort of like a like somewhat of a historical thing because he talks about how he was like alive during world war one like they drop all these it's almost like the stuff that's not happening in this is more interesting especially with his character we're like oh yeah i kind of like this like can we can we get that (laughs) yeah right um let's see but yeah so they go through that that whole argument and honestly man this after that first major fight Mm-hmm. That's where this movie really starts to take quite a dip for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it just kind of feels like the movie is spinning its wheels. 
you know, they find out the the crown kind of picks back up into yep. the story. That plot line mm-hmm. conveniently. Uh the kid somehow doesn't does he he doesn't get caught, right? Yes. Like yes and no, like not right away. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I man, I'm, I completely forgot about this. Um I did too. So they they team up. So Black Adam mm-hmm. is now like it, it just because they need to. Because the I guess this is where the movie kind of took that that turn of okay, the crown He's a is now hero important. now. Yeah, the, well, the crown is now important, and so we have to join up for now. It's like a truce to deal with this situation, um, which ultimately leads to him uh, giving himself up. Right. Mm-hmm. Do do do. I'm trying to get there because they. There's just a ton of action, which hey, no problem with this. You know what it reminded me of? This movie reminded me a lot of watching one of Michael Bay's movies, like the Transformers. This is where. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I totally forgot. Like, this is where the kid. Oh no, maybe not. I think I sworn that was. So he saves him. This is what I was kind of talking about, though, Joseph. It's like some of the CG. Oh yeah. It just. <laughs> doesn't work. It doesn't. Some of it looks really. Yeah. Well, he saved. So the Rock saves the kid. Yeah. Because of you know the Rock son saving him. Yeah. It's kind of a, obviously a callback to that, which makes me think like I think the Rock Son was the real hero of the story, because <laughs> um, so he was the one that actually had the you know Shazam's powers, and then he gave them up to save his dad and part of them to his dad, and then right, you know, and then okay, yeah, this is this is this part right where we learn the because that was kind of what we were alluding to earlier is that that opening cinematic isn't the whole story. Right. Um, and this is okay. So, again, I know your argument as to it not being the antihero, but it's what they're attempting to do because they want you to like feel for his character. Yeah, but isn't it bad like that he murdered innocent people? Isn't that one of the things we've been, you know, in the past? Like, even though. Your centuries removed from it doesn't make it. Yeah, but <laughs> Joseph, we're not talking about like antiheroes are not morally upright I understand. people. I understand. I think I don't. Yeah, I, I get don't that. I think, think they're trying to do. know. <laughs> I no, I know. I understand. I think what you're missing is, and what I'm saying is that, like, the film attempts to, in, in a sense, portray. Like condemn Black Adam's murderous rampages, right? But they also attempt to make the audience, you know, kind of want to excuse away his evil actions because he's supposed to be the anti-hero. That's the, but they don't do a good job of conveying that and getting that across in, in any sense of way, in, in any kind of way. I don't think the redemption arc for him is strong enough. Okay, that's fair, but I don't that, think that the whole like. 
and this could just be a topic for another time, but I, mm-hmm. I, I still am not sure that you're a hundred percent grasping. Like maybe it's the idea is like with antiheroes, like murder isn't a hundred percent off the table. I understand it's not off the table. I get that. I understand that like with the antihero, you know, some things may not be, some things may not be off the table. I think though there's a certain extent to where, you know, because uh, even when you look at Black Widow, right, she could fall in the sense of an antihero. But really what it was was she was a villain and then her redemption arc was she she she, com, she had a complete transformation, right? She didn't continue to murder innocent people, correct? Right, but like antiheroes don't. That's not. I don't think that's the same thing. So like you're right. She so, was yeah, doing. She's she not an doing, antihero. She's right. supposed to be a superhero now, but you know, using her kind of deal. Whereas because like I know, wouldn't to, say she was an antihero the, before she became a hero. It's like you can yeah, have the villain, villain. to hero arc arc yeah that's yeah. the change whereas you ha- uh, anti-heroes now again it, this is not an argument for yeah. black adam being a good version of that right but you can even take someone like wolverine who like that that tortured aspect that violent nature there is something and now here's here's where the argument could go with like or we can talk about an anti-hero kind of still has to be like liked mm-hmm. like People tend to to like them, and they but tend to understand. Hero, so. Yeah, they they tend to understand. So they're a villain. That's so now what you're just trolling. Now you're just trolling because like <laughs> we, there's there's kind of like a spec. You you can you got to look at it like it is an actual spectrum of how these characters yeah. are written. Like it can't just be like blanket. You have either heroes or villains, and the second that a hero crosses into some doing something slightly morally gray, or they murder someone, or they do whatever, it doesn't necessarily make him an antihero. It's the same way, like if Superman was to do something like that and he made a mistake and someone died, like collateral damage, it also depends on like the personality of that character and how they the aspect of that happens. Yeah. So I get it's what like, you're yeah. So it's just, but you just keep going back to the like, well, he murdered someone. It's like, yeah, but he's not a hero. Wait, no, but he's. Conti- I get that he's not a superhero. <laughs> but I think the idea of an anti-hero, you know, I understand he freed people. I don't think he fits the trope of an anti-hero, though. I think he fits the trope of a villain. And I think, I think, I think okay, you have in your mind because they're trying to. Again, they may not be a do do a right, good job of it, but because about they're anti-heroes, and you're saying that you believe that the way that he's portrayed in this is as a villain, which is like, okay, that I, 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 there's nothing wrong with that. Like we, but you haven't said that until like right now. I thought I said that earlier. I could have promised. You've talked about how that he's portrayed as a villain in the comics and that you wanted him to be that. Yes. Yep. Go ahead. That's it. No, but I was saying that I I said multiple times that they're trying to portray him as anti-hero and I don't think they do a good job because I think how he actually comes across is as a villain, right? Which is what you just said. You talked about that you I don't think he comes. I could have I said that. Early. Troll room. I might have. I might. I might have missed that. But like your whole argument has been around <laughs> the anti-hero thing, not the well. I think that he's portrayed mm-hmm. wrong because he seems more like a villain in this than he does like an anti-hero. But is it just because of a couple of the the people who were killed? I just think all the 
all the way around, and, and maybe it's coming from. But you gotta get, but Joseph, you gotta, maybe it's you a bit coming work. from my bias of of viewing him as a villain from you know the comics and and different things. Uh, but I really just think they that he's just they're trying to make him into the antihero Wolverine. Great example, Wolverine type role. Yeah. Whereas he's just more of a more of a Thanos to me, okay. a sympathetic villain. So, so other than the innocent people being caught in the crossfire or him killing them. Mm-hmm. What else? Oh man, that's a good question, man. I had to frick. <laughs> I had to be honest. The first time I, I watched it a second time because the first time I watched it, I didn't pay that much attention. And I'll be honest again. The yeah. second time. I, I, here's what here's what I, I don't, I won't necessarily disagree with you. I, I think you are, are, correct in in the statement that like they are pushing way too hard to convince you like or to get you on board with him being like this kind of cool dark mm-hmm. anti-hero and i don't think that works very well um mm-hmm. i i don't think that they again they don't do enough of uh, that subtle work and also because he's not exactly I, I'm not I sure exactly what wills, I'm supposed to. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't uh, know what they're, they're, they're supposed to, lean to into like anti- about him necessarily. If that the antihero aspect, but trying to keep him as a villain for a future movie with Shaz- Shazam, yeah. and I, and even so, because of that, because they spend their wills and trying to lean in that to that aspect, he doesn't come across as an antihero. Rather than he comes across as a villain to me because of the selfish nature of him. Every decision, for the most part, other than you know, again, at first you do have him saving uh, the chick and her son, and you know when he zaps the rock, and then sure. no pun intended. And uh, he may not. The thing is, is that like even in that situation, like he's pro, he's not necessarily. So with the the villains ch- with the don't girl, do, it, right? Like even with villains, right? They don't. Not every action they take is bad. I'm trying 100%. to help. I'm trying to help so, her argument. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so one because one of the things you mentioned is that. He, you know, when he's helping them, I got, and I don't know if, if you caught onto this or not, but there's moments in it where it seems like he's doing it because he's kind of forced to, because she's the one that summoned him, not because he actually wants to do it. Where with an antihero, there's that reluctancy sometimes to help people, but sometimes they'll go out of their way to do the right thing, even if it goes against their nature. And I'm not sure he does anything like that in this. Because that's where you were talking about his selfish nature. He does everything in this specifically because he wants to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's not even. He's like, I'd have to go back and, and, and watch to see if there's anything specific. But just about everything that he does, except for those little moments where... Uh, the kid and the mother remind him of his family. I actually mm-hmm. think they might be played by the same people. Mm. I, there's a there's a scene towards the end where it, they kind of flash between both, and I went, mm-hmm. "Are those the same actors?" So they might have even gone heavy handed with it, where it's like, "Hey, we want you to know that he sees them as his family, right?" right. So, but even in that, you could say like that would be the area where the conversation of was that strong enough to move him away from just being sort of like the selfish individual who uh, is doing things pretty much because that's what he does versus is he going to, does he ever go out of his way um, and go against his own nature uh, or the way that he's kind of portrayed in that anti-hero thing in order to become the anti-hero who does 
occasionally does the heroic thing. And if the only thing is that they're going off with him being the hero is that he conveniently saves the people in the place that <laughs> was his, you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, that's what I'm trying. That's kind of what I'm trying to get at. Like just getting that conversation into a place of like that detail of where, where that is. Yeah. Um, and getting away from like specifically the anti-hero moniker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, um, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah. And I, I'm not, I don't know. I, I, th- I think that this conversation's actually been more interesting than most of the, <laughs> the actual movie. The movie. Um, I agree with you. What do you, what did you think? You know, along those same lines of the morals and ethics in this movie. Because I know before in the past, we when we've talked about Marvel movies, we've po- we've pointed out uh, this isn't exactly great morals. Uh, what did you did you have anything that stood out to you, or did you happen to think that when you were thinking about the movie afterwards? Not as much as I have in stuff in the past, and in I don't know if it's if it's a mix of apathy with this mm-hmm. this one in particular. Um, I I did. I thought the morals and ethics and spirituality were kind of conflicted and all over the place, and just somewhat. I don't know if confusing is the right word to say, but. I can't think of the correct term I'm looking for, but yeah, conflicted for now. Yeah. Um, They're, they don't, I think we had mentioned it before, but they just don't, they don't follow through with any of it very well. Yep. Yeah, that's a good point because you have Dr. Fate and him saying like you see, you know, because you can see several futures and the future can be changed and all this bull crap, um, you cease to believe in absolutes and then you have Black Adam and also, you know, the justice society uh doing what they believe is right in their own eyes but there's never this i think there's one brief mention of god but there's never this sense of hey there's this objective morality you know what i mean and this is what other than what the um, uh, other than what the audience i'm supposed to bring as far as morality is concerned there's nothing the movie tells me about as far as right and wrong in an objective objective sense unless do you disagree with that well here's what here's what i'll say because i don't know you're potentially mining for something that you want to see versus mm-hmm. what a lot of the time gets done in the way that it can typically mm-hmm. uh, it can be done well is when you have two characters that are uh, maybe they're all so say you have the anti-hero the mm-hmm. anti-hero sort of has their own sense of morality and then you also have a character who is you could say is more of the morally just potentially Hot like man. Uh, yeah, okay, hang on, but not what not, he's supposed not, to be. Yeah, not quite though, because they're yeah. they're confused about that. So j- take take it outside of this movie. Yeah, Superman. Let's just say that. How about that? Yeah, and he because yeah, and Superman can typically be used as a stand-in for sort of your um, objective tr- like truth and um, morality and the way that you should treat people, even without being like blatantly religious. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's sometimes you get that sometimes you have the here's sort of your archetype for the religious character versus the one that's not and what mm-hmm. in what what a good writer can do is have conversations built in that that make you sort of consider both both sides of what's going on and saying like oh yeah it's like maybe this is the right way but then you know it's like maybe that character it's like because of course they have to have flaws right 
because you're typically you're dealing even with like Superman or whatever. If the, if the characters don't have like a, a flaw going on and so these two characters they learn they typically learn something from each other and that's mm-hmm. where you can have sort of the um uh the growth in a character and and the thing that you are specifically looking for like they're not giving that to you right uh, because you're right it is kind of a, a, a jumbled mess um and we're not really getting answers well, uh, from yeah, well, from any of the characters like they're not foundationally yeah. set in any of the things that they are saying that they believe and well, um, you get what you're what you're referring to in you know house of the dragon other movies and tv shows i just yeah I, again i say conflicted i think that's right I, but there's another word i'm looking for i just can't quite what are you talking about put my thumb thumb on as far as the the morals and ethics and you were saying like as far as like you think that i'm mining to see something that the writers may not be trying to portray in the sense of yeah, well, you said you said there's not like the religious, though. you know. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. I, I just think I'm not saying that's not a part that's there, and that you're totally wrong about that. Wait, I was just going wait, wait, to Joseph. Hang on, a second. wait. What are we? So you specifically mentioned that there there was not like a specific higher sense of morality in the movie, which well, is something no, no. that you were specifically looking for. Well, what I was saying is that the movie portrays the message the movie portrays is relative morality, right? You have Dr. Fate saying, you know, there's no absolutes, right? Given given his reasons why. And then you have, you know, Black Adam doing what's right in his own eyes. And then you have Amanda Waller and you have the Justice Society and you have Intergang and you have, you know, Devil Man, right. Crown Man, everyone doing what's right in their own eyes. But there's no sort of like that the movie presents any sort of basis to to, to go from uh, is what I was saying. That's why I was saying like there's no kind of absolute standard, so to say, S- some something of the sort to derive from more so than only what I bring in watching the movie. Does that right. make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. OK. <laughs> Good discussion. Um. Yeah, I, I, mean, probably, but I, I think I thought about this movie way too hard. Maybe. Um, uh, yeah, and maybe Hawkman was like supposed to be that, and it didn't work. Or like maybe they were trying to go with um, Hawkman was cracking me up because he was just yeah. Uh, or maybe like Doctor, F- they were trying. And it, again, we don't know. It could be an issue with the way that it was written. Because mm-hmm. typically you would think that someone like uh, Dr. Fate would take that role. Yeah. The, the wise elderly character who's seen a lot of things and seemingly knows a lot of things. But I don't know, man. I don't know. <clears throat> I'd have to think about it uh, a little bit. Not specifically with this movie, but just in general. If you always need to establish some sort of like overarching thing. Mm-hmm. And that it's okay to let people bring that in and people are going to come away with sort of like a different outlook on that when they leave the movie. If it's done, especially if it's done well, like it's it's a little hard to argue with this one because it's just not, I don't know, I like I told you before, I don't really know what the movie truly like wants to yeah. get get, a, get across on any level. Like if it's, if it's attempting to have some sort of theme going all the way through, mm-hmm. I, I tell you, it probably fails at that. And yeah. that they they did they gave all of these characters sort of their different uh, 
uh, you, you know, they're different moralities or whatever, but they don't, mm-hmm. th- th- it doesn't really go anyway. It, it drives the characters forward, but yeah, at, other than that, it doesn't, I, I don't know. Like they, I don't know if anyone really comes out of the movie, like correct at the end. It sort of resolves itself. Yeah. Um, you have like Dr. Fate's sacrificial moment and then they're all like, okay. And then Superman comes in. Yeah. <laughs> right right so that's kind of uh, that's pretty much it yeah um yeah and i mean he's just they just went like very and i don't know Spot if this on is on with the lucifer yeah i don't know a, if this is supposed to be i i did like the I way Zach that he, snyder i, I liked how he, the, he ripped him in half with the horns though i thought that was kind of dope um I, just as a I spectacle thought, type thing I thought that Zack Snyder directed this due to the, you know, the misaligned and warp Christian themes in this. <laughs> like, Zack Snyder has to have his fingerprint on here. They lean heavily into the Snyderverse kind of thematic the element. Aesthetic, the aesthetic's still there for sure. Yeah, um, definitely that too. Uh, yeah, and, and man, I mean, just from like a, a movie level, it's really disappointing, again, that you have your, uh, your Suicide Squad type cast mm-hmm. and they're all still too weak to basically beat the main villain the only yeah. time it's been done right was in the suicide squad where it's like that for the most part kind of worked worked out the way that they they handled all of that mm-hmm. um but they just keep putting these these poor heroes up against like unbelievably unstoppable odds and that's why the movie like part of the movie still feels odd to me because they play like this big role but ultimately it is still just about black adam and and this guy yep you know what i mean it's weird yeah it's like two major pop points running at the same time Mm -hmm. and when they should have just narrowed it down for this movie to one handling too much then you know they can do and of course like black adam does not come in time to do anything he doesn't really like save anybody at the end of this he just i mean i guess he saves Hawkman. you could you could probably argue that but like dr fate couldn't even hold him off just a little bit like it it's very like okay he forced yeah he has to only survive long enough see like this doesn't look very good to me for the sacrifice yeah um and i i don't know if it's kind of the green screen stuff where everything's done on sets now and they just have <clears throat> kind of like pretend environment oh, like yeah. they're not actually building out sets it's just like hey we're gonna put some rubble on the ground and then put a green screen behind you we need yep. you to scream and run at the camera <laughs> oh can we talk about this uh this this quote-unquote fight with the citizens of this city and <laughs> the the like five <laughs> the zombie looking yeah. like glowing that, that okay so he he does some sort of like the the devil guy does some sort of like big uh doctor strange oh, i think it's like right here yeah he does like a uh opens the portal right yeah he's like oh and he's basically opening the portal loki. portal to hell right yeah and yeah, it's loki that's what it is the avengers he opens oh, the portal for the aliens to come the through sky, which is also <laughs> in the uh, suicide squad the first one yeah. there's a portal uh, door thing so he opens this portal and the only thing we get is a handful of these things on one street. 
Like I was, it, it was so underwhelming. And then she's like, fi- she's literally fighting like the spawn of hell with a an pipe. Axe. Yeah, she has a. She's got this. Oh yeah, he's got an axe. She has this metal pipe. <laughs> it was like really, they wouldn't be more powerful than that. It's just. And then yeah, look, at, and it's just it doesn't come. I, there's, there's no stakes. There's no. St- you're right. There's no stakes. Thank you. Look at this. There's he. He got like one guy here. There's like one here and here and like two back here. But like this is what happens when he opens a portal. Like it. It's not like they're all flooding out. Like yeah. <laughs> I don't understand, man. Um, I that part in particular I found really underwhelming. Okay, so here is what I was talking about though. I think. It's same. It's the same actors, right? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, no, it is. Is it? I uh, they uh, hang on. Is it? Um, I mean, e- I'm either really racially insensitive or correct. It's one of those two things. <laughs> it's kind. Of, it's just hard to tell with the uh, shaved head. Yeah, everything. yeah. It's it's a bit of the. I would say the color grade too. It's just hard to. I don't even know the kid's name. That would make it easier. That was just my that was my thought, especially because the woman looked very similar to um, the kid's mom. Yeah, no, nah, they're different. They are different. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, they're different. Dang, it's unfortunate for me. Oh, and look, all the people, all the citizens are like rejoicing <laughs> after beating <laughs> up. Because look at this. Look at them. There, there's not that many of them. Wouldn't they, you would think his, you know, infantry, so to say, would be more menacing, well, stronger. Adam Smasher and Cyclone could have just taken care of this part. They didn't need the citizens to do this. Nope. Not with that many of them. He's massive. He just had to kick them all away. But, and yeah, they tried to do their whole like, yay, the citizens are taking over their, their city. And it was like, you could have given us some stakes. Like, yeah. let, let the the funny uncle die or something in you know it's yeah. a big horde of them and he sacrifices himself or whatever i think you are right though i think you know what i said earlier taking the villain route and then he kills you know the devil dude yeah for the wrong reasons because he wants to you know he quote unquote rule over free the people you know the enslaved people and maybe he has somewhat of the right reasons for them but then there's a slight alteration to it to where you know he wants to be able to to rule this entire region or, or rule the world or whatnot you know what yeah, i mean yeah and he wants to use them in order to get you know to the means and the the minerals and stuff like that so yeah, exactly like they yeah we can chalk it up to the writing because yeah. i think that has that's a lot to do with it um there's but yeah pretty just running your mill superhero boring movie yeah i mean i I'm happy that it's better it than better than the Eternals. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I can count being entertained by how bad something is. You know what I mean? Uh, I I would never watch either one again. I I don't need to see Black Same. Adam again. I mean, I've, I've but seen if you it, had to choose one, I'd pick twice. Black Adam. Yeah, I'd probably pick Black Adam too. I mean, like I like Pierce Brosnan. Um. I actually I do like uh, Cyclone and Adam Smasher to a degree. Um, the the actors, I like the Rock. Yeah. Well, I'm saying like I, I just feel like they were trying in in what they were given because mm-hmm. there's a bit of that like flirtation going on with the two of them and yeah. 
Um, they just, they're not really given a whole lot to do. And so this, like a lot of other movies, has the problem of just having too many characters and not enough time to develop almost any of them. Yeah, man. Technically Mexican in the stream. What's going on, man? Yeah. Um, yeah, but I don't know if I... Oh, I guess we can, you know, you go through the credits. Oh, yeah. And you get this after credit thing where for some... <laughs> it's a drone. Uh, Amanda Waller. Yeah, she has this drone technology that can get all the way here. Like, where did this come? Like, what is this? <laughs> it's so... It, I, it's very odd. Um, it's forced in there. Yeah. Uh Oh yeah, this is this is like that <laughs> Thor Love and Thunder level. <laughs> um so yeah, this is where she was taught uh uh maybe she dude, maybe she was the one. So she tells him not to leave the area. No, 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 okay. I'm confusing a couple different scenes from this. But she tells him specifically like not to leave uh the city. Mm-hmm. And that if he does, like there'll be trouble and he's like who who on this world can like actually stop me and she's like there are people from other worlds you know of course they're trying to do the whole build-up thing Mm -hmm. um again i don't like amanda waller like at all i don't know why she's so pivotal to what i mean i guess it doesn't matter anymore right i mean with the with with what's going on with dc but like why is she so pivotal yeah pivotal to the to everything yeah i I think she i think viola davis does a good job inviting the character uh, from my understanding of the character, I think she does a great job. Uh, Amanda Waller is pretty fun in the comics and the animated movies. I enjoy her, and I think she's just a fan favorite. But it's like it does it doesn't make like why does she have so much control over everybody? Like what does she have that on part Superman? I do not understand. That's what I'm talking about. Like it doesn't. I mean, yeah, she's fine in the role. It's not. It's not her. Like I think she does. If I remember correctly, the Suicide Squad, she does a pretty good job in that. But that's what yeah. I've always known her as. It's like she's a government level like agent. Like she has agent. some some sort of power within that realm. And so she's able to take these B or like these C and D tier heroes or excuse me, sorry, villains, villains. and put them into these like kind of wacky situations. It's where you get all the like weird like one-off characters who get like killed in those movies or in in the show you know in comics and then you've got but like for some reason now amanda waller she's got something on superman because for some reason a favor is owed and honestly that might have been in one of um that might have been in one of the past like dc movies and i just don't remember yeah i can't remember um but it's it's just such an odd situation that's like, bro, what does ha- what does Superman like? <laughs> what does what Waller happened, have man? over Superman? Yeah, like maybe she just called in the maybe, favor. Does it say? I can't remember right yeah, here. But like what? What? Yeah, she. So, but the that means that like at some point she did something for Superman. Yeah. Right, but like, what would she have done? Like, I just don't. I, I can't yeah. really comprehend that. Not to mention like, um, Black Adam. I, it, it, does does her favor sorry f- follow me with this for a second mm-hmm. Amanda Waller or like Superman owes her a favor right how does that favor extend to the point where like now Black Adam cannot touch her <laughs> that's what I think that's what I'm trying to like get at where it's yeah. like 
it, he, like is Superman now her like personal bodyguard? Like, is he gonna always be watching out? Like, <laughs> I talk can't about remember. thinking I can't about remember. something too much. But I'm yeah. like, I'm just like, I don't, I don't see how we got to this point. Um, and I, I don't know if it's it's supposed to just be one of those things. Um. Uh, you know, and you're not supposed to think about it too much. And I'm over here like, why did you overthinking it, it like I was overthinking everything else? Yeah. <laughs> earlier. Um. Oh. But yeah, man. I. Yeah, you're right. It's yeah. Henry Cavill makes his appearance yeah. to try and save the movie at the box office. I, I think he still looks good as Superman. Mm-hmm. You know, they gave him his his cowlick. They. It's so funny. It's like he, they always wanted to give you these tastes of Superman. You know, it's like even in uh, the Justice League stuff, he's not in it very often. And you you get his whole like, quote unquote, redemption arc, which was still goofy to me that he ever needed yeah. that to begin with. Man, um, I really just want I wanted them to do to have Superman fighting these galactic, you know, existential threats now like fully it's, powerful yeah. superman going up in it a fully powerful op villain you know what i mean yeah it's it, it's really hard to do though when you're talking about a shared cinematic universe yeah. in particular because superman existing and doing that all of the excuses for why he's not involved in a lot of other situations like the thing that they always do is like oh he's busy doing something else right which is sort of the, the the like go to, but when you you have that like power creep with characters, where mm-hmm. it's like you have Batman, but then you also have Superman, and they it's hard to keep them separate in the same way with a lot of what Marvel was doing, uh, where you have like your solo projects, and then you're like, why weren't what were all these other heroes doing while this specific threat was going on? Yeah, you know, it's like you're telling me like most of them couldn't show up to to lend a hand, and then that's where you run into the problem with these like shared cinematic universes because things kind of have to run correctly through that. Like you you can make excuses. Typically, if your stuff's good, people will forgive you. But mm-hmm. after a while, it's like because I agree. Like I they S- Superman in on the big screen has never well people really like the really old stuff and i know every like especially superman fans they will defend a lot of the movies since the christopher reeves days um but it's really hard to make a good movie with him because a lot of the time like he just nothing is a threat to him Mm. you know and you have like the doomsday story we already did that so bringing it back out is a little Zack snyder should have never done that yeah, the, like that he putting in the death of Superman. Yeah, story a lot with and narrative in Superman. It. Yeah, it just yeah. mixing all that stuff together. Because uh, yeah, much it, at one time. yeah, because most stuff's just. It, I, and I know like there are I, I guess like other threats out there that can be more of a match for Superman, but like that's where you get into the problem of like Brainiac, Dark Side. Yeah, like are you going to bring that in immediately? Like uh, Superman almost has to be. Now, not recently, but like he's got to be almost like your Hulk, where he plays sort of a back role to a lot of the mm-hmm. other characters. But the, the again, the problem is, is like once you bring him in, it's like he's so OP. He's there, yeah. It's it's and that's kind of what they try. I think what they try but to do Dar- with Justice League. But that's where know. you get with Darkseid and Brainiac. You know, Brainiac. You know, not that he's not you know, powerful, but you know, from the 
intellectual standpoint, but with dark side, you know, the whole encompassing, he can, he can match, you know, Superman one for one. Right. And you'd almost, yeah. And that's the problem is that you either have to kind of find a way to, to put him on the back burner, like long term, like he's, you know, been mm-hmm. out of commission because of Brainiac or you, you have him fight someone who's like on his level. And then it's just like, well, then what do you, if, you know, how do you, put that into play with like everything else you're trying to do without it just being yeah. a standalone movie that is only Superman and you don't really have any of these other characters involved. Um, I don't know. It's kind of a weird. And then also how do you make an interesting Superman movie beyond just having your, your villain in place? Yeah. Like what, what is that? What does that look like? You know, how does that pace correctly with a superhero type movie? How do you really um, add those stakes there? Yeah. Again, I just think, you know, Superman as a character, um, not my favorite. Very Mary Sue. In my opinion. I don't I just I don't know. I yeah, maybe a little bit. Um, I mean he has every power. His only weakness is a mystery is, orb from another <laughs> like come on. Yeah, but I mean like he <laughs> yeah i i mean i i just don't i don't know if i would say he's like because it depends on what specifically we're talking about yeah with because like I, I just don't want to throw around mary sue like it's the exact thing because he's not like so he's like the the morally like upright thing but can we say that specifically about like every decision that he makes like he always makes the correct decision like he's he's never fallible in any way possible because like that's what the Mary Sue thing is really all about. He's not fallible in any way except for at, when at he all. Gets stuck are with, you sure? Uh, are you sure? Kryptonite in his side. Like his personality, his character beyond his his abilities. He's not okay, fallible so beyond, at all. Yeah, beyond his abilities, I think you can. You know, if there was a film to be made. You could easily show how kind of like the whole Ned Stark thing, like it's good to stick to honor, but sometimes there's a sacrifice that comes to that. I don't think there's this sometimes you when you stick to honor, a bad thing's going to happen. Yeah, a bad thing is going to happen. There's going to be a consequence from that because people are evil and they're going to use whatever they want to for their own means. But you could easily come from that standpoint with Superman. But again, what how is that going to happen? What is that going to look like? You know? Yeah, uh, because I'm, at the end of the day, like anything with him sticking to his honor, the only way can happen is if, you know, Lex Luthor shoves kryptonite down his throat. Right. You know what I mean? Well, and, and that's so the thing that's, is, that's really it. That's why I just like you got to understand, like Superman being OP doesn't make him Mary Sue. What makes something someone a Mary Sue is, yes, that, but then also ha- being like his character is essentially completely unflawed to anyone. Like he always gets out of every situation unscathed. Like you think you have does, doesn't he? No, not every story. Like he dies, Joseph, that in and of itself makes him not a Mary Sue. Yeah. You got to like, yeah, I I think like the threats, you know, for me, it always seems like the threats for Superman. Isn't necessarily himself, but the others around him, that's his deal, right? So I guess you yeah, could, I guess you could say that, like you know, that's kind of the the threat is in the same way with Batman not wanting to have any loved ones is because it's a it's only a means to allow the villains to use them 
against yeah. them. Well, and here let me let me say this too because technically Ray dies in the last Star Wars movie, so that's not the best example of it. But like he has, he's he's also flawed in the sense that he had to learn. Like he grew up, and his his parents taught him the correct way to be right. Yeah. Where Ray just kind of was. Like she always like without any sort of growth, without any sort of lesson, without learning anything at all, just automatically was the best, which is not the case for Superman, because ultimately he was sent to Earth to conquer Earth. Yeah, Um, because there's and if you want to see like a what I I really like this, if you ever want to read this, I would I would recommend you read it is Invincible. You know what I'm talking about? How uh, is that the fill me in fill me in I don't want to spoil too much because I really I think you'd really like it Um, read it in particular Um, it's uh, essentially about a kid whose father is basically Superman okay and so you get to see kind of an interesting version of what it would have been like if maybe Superman wasn't quite as moral as he is in like DC Mm-hmm. Um and sort of like I, I don't know it's it, the character stuff in that in Invincible was really good yeah. um I don't want to go into too much detail because there I would be spoiling like a ton of stuff and there's some like legitimately shocking stuff in that series so mm. it, uh it's written by the same guys that did the graphic novel for Walking Dead okay that's um, cool but it's like superheroes instead of the zombie stuff um. And it's not quite as dark. It's not quite as dark as Walking Dead, uh, but it goes some places, uh, and it's really, really cool. Interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. I haven't read it in a long time. Yeah, it's oh, like it's, magic. I mean, yeah, that's you right. Know, magic. It's not like I haven't liked S- Superman and everything. It's just a, a character as a whole. I just have found him to. I, I be think that his plan. Yeah, his and big, OP. His big screen adaptations haven't been very good. Uh, you know, people like will even defend the one. Uh. Brandon Ruth played him a long time ago. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Superman, I think is that Superman Returns. Oh, wasn't that like in the mid early mid two thousands? Yeah, mid two thousands. Yeah, dude, that movie was so long. Dude, that felt like an dude, eternity. The oh my gosh, the opening credits for that. Movie I think are I would really rather long. watch Eternals than that movie again. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen. I haven't seen that. I haven't so seen long. it in a while. I have to watch it again yeah. from this perspective. But man, that movie. I remember getting out of that movie, and I looked at. I think the runtime was something like two hours, maybe, or maybe it was close to two and a half. I'm like, that dang felt like four hours. But. Oh yeah, the bullet to his eye was. That's like the only thing I remember from that. (laughs) And um, what's his face is uh, Lex Luthor in it. Yeah. Um. How about Zack Snyder? Kevin. Kevin Spacey. Yeah, Kevin Spacey is. What about Zack Snyder? Zack Snyder getting what's his name Jesse? What's his name? Eisenberg. Oh. Lex Luthor, I'm like, bruh. I don't know if anyone can defend bruh. that casting. It's not, bruh. it's really bad. Bruh. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. We got we to gotta cut this. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us once again for another episode. Man, I was try, trying to hope this thing would be like an hour and a half, and we're an hour over that. My throat hurts. Next week. <laughs> I don't know, man. We got to do Blood Origin <laughs> and Violent Night. 
Well, I'm gonna I'm at time, but we do need to stick to the two hour mark. Okay, we can do that. Yeah. Uh, it always helps the time, especially when you're long winded and I'm long winded. So yes. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in for another episode of the underground. I guess that's it. I don't really have anything else yeah. to say. I've said all that I, I need to say. Have you said all you need to say? I have. Yeah? Yep. All righty. Well, until then, y'all take it easy. need to put a sock in it like mankind. I can't lie. Most of these stands, I am not a fan, and I ain't playing. I'm applying signs like the Iron Man. Defying it, I'm crying the alliance that you lying in. We end up in the lion's den or maybe in a frying pan. Either way, you getting ate, though. This ain't the late show. But you shacking a fool and getting booted like slave mode. Network them networks. Stop you a dang chump. A man punk that don't belong near my command prompt. Fan of it, they amateurs. No need to pander when. Moving forward like progress, they still like mannequins. Guess that I can answer this. You sort of like philanthropists. Cause I'm breaking the mics and y'all paying for the damages. Off the scale like hippopotamus weight. And you just off the rails and gotta be fake. It gotta be fake. A lot on the plate is possible. You got in the way. A lot of y'all is trying to be great. So why would you wait? And some would like to try to relate that I got a big ego. But we know that's just a projection and even he know. You see those? They're called haters. Ain't you really need those? They keep your name relevant when you gotta compete. So bitch perfect like Neo singing a C note. Producer slapping bass like Tito. I'm walking moves like his brother Michael. But I'm clutch like the Jordan one. And you DeAndre shooting a free throw. You be broke. Herb balling like a nudist. I'm not foolish. Solid economics like the Jewish. What I'm doing is from here to Budapest. I'm grinding, growing like she a pest. Your best bet don't be a pest and just accept that he's the best. The debate is not up for. You in an uproar. Talking at your behind, but you can stick it up yours. I'm the real deal and at best you are folklore. Level me with these cats. I'm sitting thinking what for? At any time, dropping plenty rounds, many lines. I know I love your circles connected like the Olympic sign. But I'm still running things like Bruce before the sex change. You ain't built to last because you frail without the best frame. Get cracked like you under pressure. Or a nut, plus you nutty like that one professor. I get it cracking like an acorn, y'all. And you just acorn ball. Can say I suck, but that ain't your call. And you can challenge me and rhyme it, but that ain't gon' fall. That ain't gon' fall. It's like I'm 98 overall. I'm too tough and stuff, and that is just the weight of my balls. And y'all I'm fed up with y'all, but I ain't scared of y'all. Yeah, I'm bodying rappers. Y'all are some slackers. Y'all could get body faster than Bruce Lee karate actors. I am a factor. You do suck. I don't know what you're trying to rap for compared to me. Y'all are minions. I am the master. Mic check. I am the best, I am defying the rest I am freaking dying to get in a rap war like an iron invest No a wreck war but it's dying effects I am complex, I am not simple My mentor is far ahead of you I am not scared of you, I'm like the hawk if he's blew up Instead of chug the book or Theraflu Man, I'm pissed and sick, I'm just in a better mood Y'all need to tell the truth, quit acting, get it back in I'm on the verge of surgery, get slapped